Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Watch Out for Fireballs that we recorded in 2022-020, the new year, election year here in the United States. Big year for the network. We have cool stuff coming up. Uh, we say in the episode, thanks everybody for donating to DuckStream. I hope everyone uh, had great holidays, whether you celebrate or not, you know, that time period. I hope it was awesome. Even if that time is difficult for you, many years in which it has been extremely difficult for me. Um, I was lucky enough that this year was not, but uh, I understand sometimes it is, and I hope that you did your best. Uh, we appreciate you, and um, yeah, stay tuned for this episode about a, a banger-ass game, Dusk. Let's do it. 2020. <laughs> My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Dusk, which is a first-person shooter developed by David Szymanski and published by New Blood Interactive for the PC and Switch in 2018. Dusk. Dusk. It's a good is game. Is this on Switch yet? Um, I don't I think know. it is not. I, yeah, it was going to be published for Switch, but I don't uh, think it's actually out for them yet. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Wikipedia proved me, or uh, it, it did me wrong. Wikipedia, Wikipedia and Mo- said it worse, and Moby Games did me wrong. Which sorry, yeah, Moby Games said it even worse. Oh, um, well. it's going to come out. Yes, uh, for Switch is the idea. I don't think it's quite there yet because people keep asking me. Ah, um, but maybe they're wrong. Um, do, do you trust Moby, <laughs> or do as, you trust as you of owner fart sixty nine on Twitter? <laughs> as of right now, it is not on the the, the Nintendo eShop. So. Ah. Take oh, that, Moby. Well. <laughs> I'm gonna take you down to this. I don't. I don't think the website, the whale website, has anything to do with the, with with the electronic music man. Well, they spell and pronounce their name the same. Cole. Okay. Don't, yeah, don't, don't no. be naive. I'm pretty sure that's mostly just games that Moby likes. Me. On there. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 He just. It's where he catalogs his collection. Yeah. Yeah. Where else? I mean, if you log on to Gary Games, you get mine. If you log on to Cole Games, you get yours. Yeah, you know? It's weird. It's weird that the government hands those out. Super weird. Um, what's not weird? Dusk. Yeah. Segway. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, before we get into it, mm-hmm. big thanks to everybody who donated to Duckstream. Yeah, this is the first uh, the first time we're recording uh, this show after uh, after that event. Uh, it was a gigantic success. Uh, mm-hmm. Hugely generous people helped us uh, break our record. Um, yes. You know, just uh, it's N- nearly double it. Yeah. Yeah, like so, so not just break it, but like soundly break it. Yes, break it like Bane <laughs> broke box office records. Yeah, so and yeah, it, it was um, a, it was a, it was just a, it was a real fun event, and watching that number get bigger and bigger and bigger was, uh, you know, 
greatly heartwarming. So yes, it is a privilege to be able to do this. Um, and we really appreciate everyone who enables us to do it, both in terms of like giving us the platform to do this, but then also in terms of direct generosity and yeah. everyone who is not able to donate to yours, disabled signal boost mm-hmm. and watch and tune in and make jokes and play Jackbox and everything are also greatly appreciated. Yeah. It was a coalition victory. It all helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is the first uh, episode we're recording in 2020 because mm-hmm. last week was our live episode. Um, and this is, you know, it's like pushing for this, kicking off the new year mm-hmm. with a game. What slaps? Mm hmm. Uh, dusk. Yeah, it slaps. <laughs> it's 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 great. Yeah, I like it. it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Dusk is a game where you play as Dusk Dude. He is this treasure hunter who is captured by a cult that has taken mm-hmm. over the town of Dusk, Pennsylvania. Uh, the size of the town is unclear. There's no way to be sure. Uh, what is the town is unclear as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, no. uh, but you know, Dusk Dude doesn't like being put up on meat hooks, so he's got to kill everyone for revenge. And as as you go on, you get kind of drawn into this power. Yes. Uh, kind of thing. Tempt, there's a little bit of a tempted by evil mm-hmm. storyline. Uh, it may or may not surprise you to learn that the story is not first and foremost. No. For most no. of Dusk. Uh, <laughs> because Dusk is a throwback uh, to 90s first-person shooters, um, specifically Quake and Blood and Doom, but there are actually influences from all over. Yeah. Uh, and this which we'll talk about. And mm-hmm. uh, my thesis statement for this that I'm going going to make, and I'll see if you agree with this, mm-hmm. um, is Dusk is to Doom as Shovel Knight is to Capcom platformers. Yeah, I saw your tweet thread about that, and I agree with that. Like, this is, you know, it, like, it, it evokes the feeling, uh, mm-hmm. but in reality, it is taking decades of refinement, um, taking decades of in- inspiration to polish and improve and kind of give you the platonic ideal version of engaging with that kind of game. Yes, yeah. it, it throws out a lot of things that are taken for granted in that subgenre mm-hmm. um, that uh, people have a nostalgia for, but are actually kind of relics of older game design. Yeah. You know, so like the maze like levels mm-hmm. of uh, things in key card based progress made a lot of sense for Doom because they were kind of limited in their ability at the time to simulate a space. Uh, limited both in terms of like technological ability, but also in terms of like uh, imagine you know the, the the idea just had not occurred mm-hmm. yet. You know, eventually that would become a big part of this genre with Blood and with Duke Nukem 3D. Mm-hmm. But early on, like you're kind of in an abstract space. Like the idea is this suggests something, yeah, without really being it. Mm-hmm. And because it was abstract, like mazes made sense. But yeah. they're kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Like we did the Doom Two episode, a game I dearly love. Mm-hmm. I find Doom like really playable today. Um, set me down with some doom. I'm very happy. Yeah. But there are like kind of shitty maze levels. There's kind of, kind of annoying key card quests. Mm-hmm. Part of it, things like that. They're a part of that genre. This game just kind of doesn't do it. Yeah. Like what if we took some, some, uh, cues from the level design of thief mm-hmm. and deus ex and, yeah. and it makes key cards good. Yeah. <laughs> like key cards are great in this. It like makes total sense. It doesn't feel like backtracking nonsense. Mm-hmm. I never, there's a couple of mazes, but they're actually, more the idea of a maze than the experience of a maze. Yes. You know, they give you the suggestion of it, but it's, you know, it's not a maze like experience. They do a lot of things like that. A mm-hmm. lot of little minor changes to make this be what all of those games like feel like they should have been. Yeah. Um, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Like I have spent a lot of uh, the runtime of watch out for fireballs thinking like, man, we got to do Duke Nukem 3d someday. Mm-hmm. 
And I just kind of think, well, you know, this kind of did it. <laughs> yep. You know, like the early levels of Duke Nukem 3D are among my favorite like video game levels. Mm-hmm. The first few levels of that. But then you get to episodes two and three and it's all shit. Yep. You know, it's like a space station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is that without the space stations. Mm-hmm. Half-Life without Zen. You know, Duke Nukem 3D without space stations. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, while, while, still, while, while still having like, you know pretty significant scenery changes like each episode feels very different from the other but like there is not there is not a um consequent drop in quality or you know a change in focus that is just a bummer that makes you feel like oh this is what i signed up for no it's yes. all it's all pretty much what you signed up for it's um, it's all pretty good and that moves at such a clip yeah like these level you know the levels I mean, we have a lot of different this is kind of going all over but we'll get to, to everything that's the important mm-hmm. part um the levels take me this is my second time through them <clears throat> and so i could see as i played my current time and my best time yep and my best time when i didn't know the levels at all was generally around 20 minutes mm-hmm. and my current time knowing the levels a little better was generally around like 13 minutes for the mm-hmm. the later levels are a little longer yeah that's a great bit of gameplay mm-hmm. 13 minutes is like yeah. a really good amount of time to be in a level mm-hmm. and be dealing with a certain scenery and setting and kind of gameplay conceit and enemy set. Um, that's great. Yeah. That's a perfect amount of time. Yeah. You know, um, re- I mean, I guess it's just a complicated way of saying good pay- well paced. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. But so near perfectly. Paced. You know, so like, you know, so somebody who is just kind of scrolling, right. scrolling through steam or looking through a list of games, you know, this is not a game that I really, heard a lot about last year you know i I wasn't really plugged into this space you know like i know this publisher did like the the rise of the triad update and people seem to really enjoy that but it just wasn't something i was paying attention to you know like if you're just looking at this without without that piece of information you could be forgiven for thinking like oh like you know everything about this is going to be such a throwback that it's going to be you know, it's going to bring forward all of that shit that is going to make it a real bummer to play. No, no, this is the, the this is light and good and fast and fun. Yes. Yep. It is. Yeah. It it's it, it good. Yeah. It, it good. real good. It good. Yeah. It real good. It real good. Uh, and yeah. you know, it makes the state. It makes a statement like right from the beginning. Like when you boot up the game, it does a fake DOS scroll that is mm-hmm. really you know dense with jokes. It's it's great. Yeah. The, uh, one, of the, one of the things I think about with it, too, that when we talk about it bringing old mechanics forward that maybe should be left behind, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the things that uh, is you need to have your, your save game uh, kind of uh, discipline. Yes. This is You're going to want a quick save. Yeah. It's a hard game. You're going to want a quick save. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to quick save. Mm-hmm. It makes a little, like, a very satisfying, like, sometimes when you quick save in one of these games, you don't know that you have. Mm-hmm. This makes a very satisfying, like, the soundtrack speeding back up. Yeah, well, it's it, like it slows down the game while it does yeah, it and then speeds back up. For a up. second and then goes back up. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking of, like, needing to, you know, manage my save state discipline almost as just, like, another mechanic yeah. in the game. Like, as opposed to being, like, a, an archaic thing that I w- didn't want to engage with that we've fixed with checkpoints. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. We're recording this right after uh, we recorded the most recent episode of Blasphemous for Bonfires I Chat, uh, which will come out a Sunday, uh, Sunday night from now for early release people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked about checkpointing in that and kind of the idea of just having to do something over again, mm-hmm. um, being kind of an archaic game mode. And I was like, this solves that yeah. for me. Like, if it's been a little while since I've saved, I kind of reflexively quick save. Mm-hmm. And if I know something is hard, I'm only going to have to do like a run up to it once mm-hmm. because next time I will save right before it. Yeah. 
you know, and that was like a, a real fun and very really refreshing, mm-hmm. like a bit of old school design that is not necessarily outdated or outmoded, you know, but ended up being something that now because of changing trends, I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Like I, I just, you know, I, I found myself for like the first episode of the game as it's getting you uh, like on board, not really quick saving because it's just not a thing that I've done in games yeah for a while <laughs> you know uh like remembering that that muscle exists was a bit of a process for me yeah, yeah. and it's different in an action game yeah like the way it fits into an action game flow is very different than how it fits in a role playing you know if i'm playing torment i'm going to quick save before a conversation yeah here you start kind of getting like this is going to sound wanky it started feeling like my body, specifically my arms and my hands, were mm-hmm. like li- reading the language of the game. Yeah. To where I would see a layout of certain buildings mm-hmm. and just like my body would just quick save without me thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this is, I know what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it was very obvious. It was like, oh, it's an empty room with a switch in the middle. Of course, you know, a wall is going to open up. Yeah. And enemies are going to attack or something. But sometimes it was just like geometry. Mm-hmm. And I started just being able to read with again it felt like a body response yeah like read the game it was like an unvoiced anticipation that is built that is built into the into the pace of this and that kind of like unconscious uh like brain hand connection Mm -hmm. is a really you know one of those special things that video games can do that other media can't do yeah you know that feeling was fired very hard in this game for me. Yeah. Um, and performing well in this is, you know, like it, it feels very good, you know, like just, just the, the, this genre of, of shooters, you know, it's called Twitch, you know, Twitch shooters. And uh, yes, there's a certain amount that just happens. It feels like it skips your decision-making process. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think that it is brainless you know we talked about this with 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 doom 2 there's a tremendous amount of you know strategy and moment-to-moment decision making that you're doing um but yeah like it just it like i don't know it it does feel like it lives in your hands more 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 so than a bunch of other stuff but like if you break down what is happening there's an awful lot of like really subtle stuff that is going on with the speed of projectiles with your specific move speed in relation to what's happening around you Mm-hmm. um that uh it's all stuff that you have to factor in yes yep uh and it, it, it you can switch between those two modes yeah like the the thing that the level design accomplishes in this is that it vacillates between twitch-based kind of circle strafing um individual encounters which are all about like my arms are playing the game while i'm watching mm-hmm. uh and then there are times where i'm creeping forward sniping mm-hmm. or creeping forward shooting guys out of the you know around corners yeah taking out turrets and stuff and you go between mm-hmm. both those modes like when you, know, you read interviews with this guy um and he talks about like yeah you know of course quake was an influence but so was thief yeah you know so was dsx like that's what i'm seeing in that mm-hmm. and the feeling of switching back and forth between those modes and having most situations handleable both ways, mm-hmm. like there were definitely times where I was like, uh, I would see an encounter and the way I would know that the game wished that I had just run in, mm-hmm. you know, I, I dismantled it carefully like a Dark Souls level. Yeah. And then uh, I get to the middle of an arena and music starts coming up, but there's only one enemy still left alive. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and there's just like one guy floating towards me and I kill him. And then like, you know, that's it. I was like, oh, okay, they wanted me to run in and grab this power up and just mm-hmm. be knee deep in blood. Yeah. But other times I would run past something that was definitely a crafted encounter with lots of ambushes, um, you know, and it like kind of got you moments, enemies attacking you from your Z axis. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this should have been something I did 
carefully and quietly, but I actually just like rushed through it yeah. and did, you know, fought everything really quickly. And it also worked. It's not very, it's very actually more expressive than it seems yeah. uh, on the, on the surface. Mm-hmm. So extremely good. Um, the moment to moment decision-making, you know, that's what we're talking about in yeah. that. Like it's either something you do in your hands or something you do in your head, but you can mm-hmm. do both. Yeah. Um, and the two things you're doing this uh, in service of are surviving because uh, the game is tough. Yes. Uh, it's a hard game. Uh, the other thing you are doing is uh, exploring and finding stuff. Right. Because it is a joy and very useful to poke at the crevices of all these levels. Yeah. You know, like the games that inspired this, this is a game that is riddled with secrets, but the secrets are hidden in much more interesting ways than just like, oh, you Roomba at this particular wall. Right. Yeah. It's Um, not like uh, Wolfenstein 3D, which is like the worst of the secrets. Yes. Here it is, you know, some of the, some of the best of the secrets, which, you know, it just rewards you for, for being Mm -hmm. a very curious, a very curious explorer in this world yep, and for, having, like, uh, for yeah, understanding observe. the the way that the level is pointing you, but also mm-hmm. like the subtle ways that it's like, okay, they're, they're pointing me in like really heavily in that direction, but there's a couple of different places off the back of here and it always puts something there. Yep. Yeah. And they, that plays into that, like reading the level, Yeah. you know, like that feeling. And that's something that like not every video game accomplishes. No, no. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like I think about the dishonored games, which I absolutely love. You know, I, I love those games. I love exploring them. I love poking into them. Mm-hmm. I don't always have like an intuitive, just kind of sixth sense where hidden shit is going to be mm-hmm. in those games. Like I have a little bit of an idea, but not as strong as I do in this Yeah. or in like Deus Ex, like Deus Ex one. I have a very strong sense of like, oh, this is how I'm going to get into this building. Do you think that's you know, just about be- the fidelity of the spaces or I think it has a lot to do with the fidelity and readability of the spaces yeah. um, where in uh, Dishonored, everything is hyper-realistic in a way that kind of is you get kind of detail pollution yeah, yeah. you know and it's it's not realistic architecture mm-hmm. to, to my lived in experience the simplified architecture of this and mapping on to archetypical buildings like yeah. i don't know what a like you know a a london 1900 bank necessarily is laid out like <laughs> but i can imagine what a farmhouse is laid out like and like yeah. oh there's gonna be a loft yeah oh you know from that loft there might be a ledge that I can get up mm-hmm. onto the roof. Oh shit! I've, here's a secret. I have I have been in sheds and barns. Oh, have I been in sheds and barns? <laughs> I have been in sheds and barns. Oh, the sheds and barns you see, my boy. Yeah. What if Barnes and Nobles was spelled the other way? Uh, I mean, I'd probably be more likely to go there. Yeah. And barns. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Just, something weird that happens in this. Like occasionally, this will happen to me, but it's a real rarity. But like, I, I would find myself like almost kind of behind the scenery, and when you get back there, there's like a little texture that says, "Hey, you're not supposed to be here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Some of those are extremely uh, obscure to get to as well. Yeah, but like, like I just naturally a- got to it, but I didn't feel like I got stuck. It was like, oh, I just I, I went a little overboard looking for secrets, exploring. And it's just it's fun. It's like a cute little. Yeah. cute little move and some of those are extremely um useful yep like we'll, we'll talk about this i mean we're kind of just spraying everything out like a super shotgun yeah. at the beginning of this episode but the way that they handle secrets in this game is my favorite uh mm-hmm. way that you can handle those things which one uh they give you additional levels mm-hmm. so that you know that we talked about that the best reward is that is more game right if the, you know the game is good super mario world as opposed to super mario brothers 3 mm-hmm. um the uh that's great the other thing that they can do is they let you jump the curve in ways that are just, it feels like you're breaking modern rules. Yes. 
Like, you know, we play one of the things that will get annoying to me about modern games is how controlled of an experience they are. Yeah. I've talked about that a lot where it's like you just have such a fucking tight rudder on how much power I have and what I'm facing mm-hmm. all the time. And this game, if you are good and find secrets, you get the super shotgun as your second weapon. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> like, or you get the, you get, you get the, the riveter um, or you, you like, you, you just straight, you find the sword. Like what? Yes. <laughs> you know, and you find the sword in the second level just through doing good secret yeah. hunting and jumping that curve. It creates that difficulty arc that we talk about a lot, which is stairs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm ahead of the curve for a while. That feels really good. Yeah. The curve will catch up to me. Games, you don't have to be scared of me being ahead of the curve for a little no, bit. You don't no. have to be Diablo 3 with mm-hmm. this shit. Like, you don't have to just constantly have me mashed at an appropriate level yeah. to create, like, a clicker-like flow state. Mm-hmm. Let me feel a little empowered and then yeah. make me feel a new challenge, then a little empowered, then a new challenge. That rhythm mm-hmm. just feels so good. Yeah. Like, you know, you know the, 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 there there is a tension in, you know, my, my power as a player or a character being behind the challenge that is set for me, mm-hmm. you know, just do you know, p- picture me below, uh, on the graph below the point on the curve where it should be the tension of, you know, like it is demanding more of me. I must get better. I must, you know, I must get there. I think that on the other side of that, like there is a joy in being above that, having that relax, that relaxation. I think you have to have, you have to have both of those. Yes. <laughs> you know, like Very it is, much. it is fine to have those disparities. I think that's where a lot of really interesting play happens. Yeah. You know, and you, and you can do, uh, Hey, you're behind the eight ball mm-hmm. for the, for the game. Yeah. That's cool. That like, happens. You know, like I, if you're following I, along naturally here, that's going to happen to you. Yeah. And, and that's cool. That's fun and interesting. The least to me, the least interesting thing is just having you, constantly perfectly balanced yeah with the exceptions of like resident evil 4 or a game that actually adjusts itself yeah to meet you like a game that just kind of like hey i got to a new world i got a sword plus one and every enemy has commensurate equal <laughs> extra health um, like that I, just sucks ass yeah it's so I, I, I got i got a 1.3 percent uh boost to my damage and everything else got a 1.3 percent boost to their hp yes. um you know i guess what i'm saying is elder scrolls oblivion fuck you for the damage it, you have done Yes, it, that idea that everything must be balanced that way. And that yeah. is why, you know, someday we'll do Oblivion. Mm-hmm. And that will be a really interesting episode because we'll have to be like, do we do the regular version of this that's horrible? Or do mm-hmm. we mod this until it's a good game? <laughs> you know? A good game that nobody who played Oblivion has played. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can figure like nobody people have played the good version of it. I know, I know, but I just I'm, yeah. I'm thinking more like back at the time it came out. When, yeah, yeah. You know, it was the lead skew on that was a 360. You know? Yes. Yeah. The 360 version is not the definitive version of Oblivion. Right. Um, so this game, uh, weapons are very important. Yes. It's an FPS. Uh, you start with just a pair of sickles. Um, you gather more weapons as you go. As we mentioned, you can jump the curve mm-hmm. here. Um, each level has a bunch of weapons. And when you pick up a copy of the weapon, you get ammo for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a mode called infiltration mode where you always start with sickles. Yep. Um, otherwise, you don't reset. So you get to keep your inventory all the way through the episode. Episodes are 10 stages in mm-hmm. classic FPS form. Yes. Um, the weapons, you know, mostly are about what you would expect. You know, some of the mm-hmm. theming is a little bit different. Like they replace the railgun with a hunting rifle. Uh, Gary, I love that hunting rifle so much. It's great. It's the most powerful weapon in the game. Yep. It was my it was my persistent boss killer. Like you expected it to be the bot rocket launcher, but mm-hmm. no, twas not. Yeah, uh, like like um, the riveter is good. Um, I, yeah. I like the riveter a lot, especially when you get the power up that uh, that increases your um shooting speed. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the 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 hunting rifle all the way. 
hunting rifle is really good. Um, you get a crossbow that goes through walls. Yep. Uh, and a kind of mortar launcher. And those are kind of the weird weapons. Yeah. Everything else is fairly standard. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of the things that I think uh, is, again, I'm just going to point this out because it's one of my favorite little touches. Mm -hmm. So older FPSs didn't have reloading. Right. Um, that was, Doom, that was something that was brought in with like um, Medal of Honor when it was trying yeah. to be a little bit more semi to, you know, the World War II kind yes. of weapons and stuff. Um, and one of the things I've seen said about this game before is people are like, oh, it's very irreverent. There's a button that makes you just flip your, flip your weapons around. Mm -hmm. But it's really important that that button is R. <laughs> yep. It's the reload button that does that. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like a fun Easter egg. It's it's really clearly and playfully and cleverly communicating to you like, mm -hmm. hey, this isn't that kind of thing. Like tapping reload after every volley of weapons mm -hmm. is just you fiddling your weapon. Yeah, it just does, little, it does a little flourish. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, is fun. It would feel weird if you do. pressed R and there was nothing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's it's cute. It doesn't mm -hmm. actually affect you. Like it doesn't, you know, you can interrupt it. If you hit shoot while the animation's happening, you'll mm -hmm. interrupt the animation. Yep. Uh, some of them, you know? some of them turn into like minor little melee attacks you can do. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. never enough, but like some of them will do damage with somebody's right there. Uh, oh. You know, like some certain taunts uh, that happen in TF2. Yeah, no, I've never I've never done that. That's cool. Yeah, um, it's just very it's very clever. And it the way it's signaled, I think, is just like a really nice like, oh, this is the kind of game. Yeah, I'm playing here. Mm -hmm. No, uh, but I mean, just mean the kind of the, the, the key point there. There's no reloading here. You, yeah. you know, you have the well of bullets that you that, that, that you that you have um, and you shoot until they're gone. Of course, you know, the pace of play is determined by the rate of fire. So, you know, shotguns, you have to you know, reload them. You have to put new shells in, in between, um, you know, yeah. the super shotgun, you know, there, there's a long cooldown in between those because you have to, you know, you have to, you have to rack it, <laughs> you have to yeah. rack it, break it, put in the new shells and then put it back. Uh, but you know, the, it, the pace of this is not volley, reload, volley, reload. It is like ex exhaust this weapon and then move to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, choose the weapon that's correct and use that, because it's correct and don't yeah. worry. It doesn't mean that the play is unrelenting. Like you never take cover mm -hmm. or anything like that, but it doesn't have that kind of stop and pop rhythm yeah. where you're forced to take cover. Yeah. Additionally, yeah, because... questioning these assumptions that we have here right now, um, you, when you pick up a weapon, um, unless you, you know, um, you know, uh, lose it for some reason, uh, because of the play, like you always have it. Like this is a game where you press, you press five and it pulls up that particular weapon. You are not dealing with a limited, um, armory. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, none of that two two weapon shit. No, that Halo or Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Yeah. Which is garbage. <laughs> um, the uh, so you can dual wield a couple different weapons. You can dual wield your pistols and your shotguns if you pick up a second one. Um, I did not notice my accuracy being lessened by this. I just went through ammo quicker. It's it's a big thing with a shotgun. Um, the single I, shotgun is much more accurate. Yeah, I just I didn't did not have that experience. Yep. I always did a double shotgun because you can't go back. Right. Right. So like once you have the double, but I, I always had the uh, double shotguns and did not experience a loss of accuracy. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's not a huge problem, but it's but, but it's definitely there. You want to have that happen because when you have the dual shotgun, it gets rid of the shot delay. Yeah, you have double rate of fire. Like it's yeah. not as quick as you tap, but it makes it much quicker. Yeah. The um the other thing about regular shotguns in this is the uh the way they differentiate the shotgun and the super shotgun to this is <clears> basically <throat> uh the shotgun just fires like big shells almost. Mm -hmm. There's a spread, but it's very minor. Yep. The super shotgun is more like a traditional shotgun. Yes. 
um, where uh, you have to get up close. The regular shotgun is good at medium distance. Mm-hmm. It's not a uh, just only close range weapon. Right. In this. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. One of the only like real modern additions to this, you know, just explicitly like in the engine, you know, the things you can do. There are all kinds of modern touches put throughout this. But the kind of the basic one here is that there are physics objects in this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pick things up. You can stack um things to get to places and that leads to secret hunting being really rewarding um you know mm-hmm. like the the, the <laughs> it's so great we'll talk about it when, when we get there but like the the first the first episode secret secret level to get there you have to like literally pick up boxes and then get above the maze to yeah. to, to get in there <laughs> yeah so good. and getting the sword you find the basketball and you have to send it through a teleporter yeah so objects work on that too and that's we call it a modern thing but it's mo- it's in half-life one yeah. you know it's in deus ex like it's modern to doom but it's not modern to yeah the 10 year span that yeah. this it's, game is it's, drawing it's from. modern to the specific reference that this is yeah. that, 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 that this is pulling from some of the reference yeah. you know like again like there's a, there's a lot of deus ex in this yeah yeah yeah. But but I'm just um, saying, like the way it's marketed, it says like, "Hey, this is Doom. This is blood." Yeah, yeah, yeah. more we're, than Doom. Where where objects are just you know sprites that are put in there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, you move very quickly mm-hmm. uh, in this. Um, not quite as fast as Doom Guy, but pretty quick. Very quick. Uh, motion uh, sickness warning on this one. Crank that FOV way up. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And you can uh, you can you can adjust. There's a ridiculous amount of options. Yeah. Which we'll talk mm-hmm. about. Um, the, uh, and this is to your benefit. Like you want to be moving constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things about the weapons that again, just, uh, makes this game better than a lot of its antecedents mm-hmm. or its, its predecessors, um, is that, uh, you should always be moving because you can dodge enemy attacks mm-hmm. because one of the most clever choices they made in this is they made hit scan a player power. Yes. No enemy weapons hit scan. Mm-hmm. Some of the projectiles move very quick. Like even when yep. you're fighting military people, they're going to yep. be shooting bullets, but um, you can you can get around them. If you're moving left at max speed, you almost won't get hit by anything. Yeah. If it has an explosion to it, you might. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are straight circle strafing, which mm-hmm. is you know, one of the primary verbs of this genre, you're pretty close to invincible from the enemy you can see. Yes. You're going to uh, run into the enemy that you don't see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You have to be situationally aware. Like yeah. it doesn't make you invincible, mm-hmm. but you know, if you go back to our doom episodes or if you just play a 2.5 D shooter, mm-hmm. like hit scan enemies are kind of a bummer yeah. in those games. Like the, the corporals in doom that, you know, you open a thing and here's this guy with a chain gun. Um, like it feels just like he's going to hit you. He has a little bit of a wind up, mm-hmm. but you can dodge every attack in this game. Yeah. Like it is a game with an immense amount of defensive vocabulary for what it is. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to play through it, not getting hit. Yeah. But if you're just tanking damage, you're playing it wrong. Yeah. You move so quickly, you should be avoiding almost every, you know, trying to avoid almost every hit. Mm-hmm. You know, and because you can do so through moving, it becomes a challenge, not necessarily of reflex, even though there's reflex part of it, but it's situational awareness. Mm-hmm. So it ties into that, like reading the level, you know, knowing where ambushes might come, what angles of attack might come, mm-hmm. and just uh, kind of searching for secrets. And also while you're doing that, searching for a sneaky enemy that's up on a perch above, mm-hmm. you know, that might snipe you. Yeah. Um, the game also rewards people who might've played those older games as well. Like, you know, if there was an, if there was a movement exploit, uh, that existed, um, in quake, then it's here. So like bunny hopping is absolutely a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, just in, in getting the rhythm of that down, um, you know, <laughs> is, uh, you know, like it was fun to relearn that. 
you know, because mm-hmm. that was absolutely something that I did in, you know, Team Fortress and Team Fortress Classic. Yeah. No. Yep. Necessary. Necessary. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when you read about this game online, people make a big deal about the unlocked Y-axis. They say, oh, you can do flips in the air. I I never noticed that conferring a mechanical advantage to me. Uh, yeah. Did, did Was that a thing for you? Or is, is that like the reload button doing a little flourish? That's, I mean, just, yeah, I, did, I didn't really do do it. Yeah, you know, it's very very much like the the unlocked Y axis like plays in the level design. Yeah, you know, and you you uh, you do you jump mm-hmm. a lot. It adds jumping puzzles and kind of platforming to it in yeah. a way that is successful. Yeah, you know, it doesn't feel any, but it wasn't something where like yeah. I got a lot of use out of the flips. So yeah, just the ability, like oh, I'm gonna yank, I'm gonna yank the mouse back, and that means that my character will do like a like a sonic spin in the air. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't get a lot out of that, but people people make a big deal about that online. Weirdly, yeah, need a little touch. Yeah. Um. So health and armor in this game, instead of having regenerating uh, versions of this, you find pickups, mm-hmm. um, items that increase, uh, you know, that go above your maximum, not permanent upgrades, but like temporary upgrades that go above your your maximum yes health um and you don't have armory of morale which is picked up through treasure right um here that is also used with the sword which i think is mechanically cool mm-hmm. uh we'll talk about that when you get it yes um but it plays into the sword mechanics yeah uh just the, that sword is you know there are multiple kind of mechanical changes that happen when you edge into episode three that is a, a gigantic one yeah yeah yep the sword getting that increased uh efficacy <laughs> Um, so the levels, you know, pretty much all of them have really neat gimmick and design considerations. And we're Mm going to get to those when we talk to them here. Uh, but something that initially like you, I would not blame you for being wary about it. Um, is the fact that most of them, all of them are organized under doom and quakes, colored key gating system. Um, but it's done good here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like mixing that, mixing it in with like discernible architecture, um, makes a huge difference it does yeah yeah like you can just kind of know your way back and a lot of times you don't have to know your way back like a lot of times it you know speaking of oblivion right yeah like oblivion or skyrim like one of the cool things that those dungeons did you know is you get to the dungeon and when you get to the end of it there's just a shortcut back to being at the dungeon yeah in this game a lot of the time when you find the blue key card there's a little drop down or one-way gate or some way to get back to where the blue door mm-hmm. you're almost almost never taking the same path back Yes. That you came through. And if you do, enemies don't respawn generally. Sometimes, you know, a door might open mm-hmm. through there. But you can, uh, you know, when the levels do get maze-like, generally you can go, like, if there is the path of most resistance is the correct yeah. one. Yeah. You know, if there are enemies alive, this is where I need to be going, and it will mm-hmm. lead me to the door for this key. There's one thing that happens that I, that I always associate with this, um, mm-hmm. and particularly with this kind of vintage of game, uh, which is a bit of a bummer, and I, I, I don't know how they could avoid it uh, aside from just breaking, you know, breaking onto a cinematic. Sometimes you will hit a button and then just a door opens somewhere. Yeah. You don't yeah. see it, <laughs> and so you kind of have to go around and, like, see if something has changed. That is, like, the only real level design bummer that they were not able to surmount with this. And it, it's when it's part of secrets, I don't mind it. Right, right. Like, it happens in level two, you know, in order as part of the secrets, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, when it happens later, when the levels get more complicated as you go, yeah, it can be a mild bummer. One of the ways it's ameliorated, though, is that enemies don't typically respawn, right. and you move a million miles per hour. Right. So when you do backtrack, it takes a second mm-hmm. just to kind of check areas. Yeah. So. The uh, areas, the areas definitely get more complicated though as you go on, mm-hmm. um, and you have to kind of keep more of an internal map. Right. 
uh, for them. A bit of a problem for me. I just see a games find your weakness. Obviously for me, navigation ended up being a problem. And like, I would have to like go and look on YouTube. Like I, I just, I don't know. I don't know the way forward. And it turns out, Oh, it's cause you hit this button. And then this thing that you didn't know was a door opened up way back here. That's interesting. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I don't know if it's, it's not something conceptualizing 3d spaces is not something I consider a strength. But something about this game, it did was not an issue for me. Yeah, um, which is fine. Yep. Um, you know, not not invalidating your experience mm-hmm. at all. Um, there is a uh, a multiplayer component of this called Dusk World. I have not played with, mm-hmm. but I think this would be very fun co op. Yep. Um, let's talk about aesthetics. Yeah, because uh, that um, really stands out. Like it's going to yep. be one of the first things that you're going to notice looking at this. Yep. Um, so low poly, low resolution textures. Um, in a a way that does not feel cheap uh, to me, that feels additive. Like that is obviously the source material. Right. Did this as well. Um, you get a lot to it because of the theming, specifically that the theming is horror. Yeah. Um, this is a horror game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this, this kind of has everything. Like it is a scary game. Mm-hmm. Uh, weirdly enough, like, and the doing low poly horror, like we've talked about that a lot. Yep. That is a, tried and true combination because your brain will make will fill in the details to make things scarier Mm -hmm. than they would otherwise yes um and even like just like there's really good monster designs in this like there are some enemies that we're gonna i'm gonna gush about when we get to them Mm -hmm. when we see them here there are some that are goofy (laughs) you know but they feel of a piece with it um yeah low low poly horror is amazing and i think that they do a good job like the 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 low polyness feels considered and designed it doesn't feel like a way to get around like a design weakness you know like Mm -hmm. oh like we have less budget uh so we're gonna go low poly here or we don't really know what we're doing everything feels really considered when it comes to this yeah yeah high high amount of intentionality to this game in general um and the, the way that it's scary is so good and like grungy mm-hmm. and like you know the 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 watchword for this is like texas chainsaw massacre yes you know and uh but it's like it's that but it's also lovecraftian mm-hmm. you know like lovecraftian is hell and, uh, like, it, it is also it, yeah. it gets so like it is always a little bit lovecraftian it gets more as it goes on yeah yeah you know it starts off as kind of folk horror mm-hmm. you know really really strongly in the cults 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 yeah like cult the sack <laughs> and and then it eventually becomes very lovecraftian and mm-hmm. weird doctor strange space shit yeah like you get some of that house of leaves like weirdness with spaces changing and everything mm-hmm. like it kind of does it all both in terms of aesthetic influences and in terms of game design yeah influences like there are levels that feel like blood levels that feel like duke levels that feel like half-life levels mm-hmm. that feel like deus ex yeah um it's kind of everything like one of the weird things is uh, i guess episode two of this uh the big uh influences were half-life and stalker yeah and i'm like oh yeah i could definitely like mm-hmm. i didn't see stalker in this but now that you say it fuck dude mm-hmm. he initially There's wanted to set it in ukraine yeah. yeah yeah um so it has a lot of that uh feeling to it and this mm-hmm. comes through the music as well yep. um which is heavy guitar uh thrash music mm-hmm. i like this a little less than i like the doom uh, music just through the fidelity but it's yeah. still good yeah the the, the 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 spirit is there yeah yep and 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 when it's good it's really good yeah so yeah um so the development of this uh david Smansky, uh you know kind of the lead on this fell in love with 90 shooters in the mid-2000s he was stuck with this older computer and couldn't get modern games to run but you know games from the 90s would run well 
and mm-hmm. the first design documents were started around that time. And then just ultimately he got the opportunity to make this, um, and put mm-hmm. it together. Um, you know, just, uh, I believe this was a Kickstarter success. Um, I don't actually know that. It was like, I, a, it I, was like an early access thing. Yeah. Yeah. Early access for sure. Yeah. Um, he ended up partnering, uh, you know, with his company to do marketing. Mm-hmm. And everything. There's a lot of interviews with him. He seems really cool and thoughtful. Yeah. Um, one of the, you know, he says a couple things during this that I really like, um, you know, one of which, you know, he talks about this time where he was stuck with that old computer, mm-hmm. which I think is just, you know, that's it's sounds cool. Relatable. Like, yeah. It's relatable. And also just like, yeah, like, what is that like, mm-hmm. you know, to just kind of immerse yourself in this. Another thing he says, like he had made other games before and he had made primarily kind of like walking simulator atmospheric horror games. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this game as a breakthrough of, wanting to change how he was evoking experiences from player and not being scared of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that like a lot of like indie or small developers or art developers are scared of gameplay. Yeah. Like they don't know how to evoke emotions other than the language of cinema, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and this kind of got him over his fear of that. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool. Like, I think it's very powerful. It I love resonates. immersive. Yeah. Yeah, like Resident Evil. You know, yeah, I love. I oh love, no, I just, um, no, I just said it, it, it resonates. You know, that, that idea. I thought, yeah, I thought you were using another example of a game that uses play uh, for horror. But like, I love an atmospheric walking horror simulator. But I also like feeling that feeling in my arms. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the physicality of horror and adrenaline through play, and not just through sitting back and watching a thing. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, controlling a movie's fast forward button with an analog stick. <laughs> right. You know, like it's not nothing like I love a walking sim, but mm-hmm. it you you reach deeper into me. Yeah. By evoking things through play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And yeah. And just see, he like the, the, this developer demonstrates, you know, uh, like a lot of stuff comes across like instinct, you know, because that's how I feel it when I when I when I when I play this like oh just like this this really leans into my instinct for this particular kind of game and realize okay very little that actually happens in development is instinct like everything you know is made the stuff is there for a reason like and that is not so much instinct as just a very a very well developed understanding of what makes this kind of game work and not yeah you know yeah yeah just, just, he seems to have a really a really sharp eye <laughs> for, yeah. for 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 you know what can make this work you know dude gets it yeah um his next game he's talking about making because i'll follow this guy yeah um he's talked about making uh either a straight up horror action game which like so less of an fps focus mm-hmm. or making an immersive sim and uh the indie space mm-hmm. is desperately lacking in immersive sims yeah it's something like there's neon struct <laughs> and there there's is about it yeah you know there, there's not a lot there's that one roguelike streets of rogue which mm-hmm. has some elements to it but does not feel the same at all um it just kind of doesn't happen so i would if this guy takes that kind of instinct and that kind of affection for the best period of computer games yeah. and brings them to my favorite genre of all time i will just <laughs> fucking shit and like, it's weird like though like those are two disparate directions and you can kind of see the you know the beginnings of either of those paths here like totally. it, it just yeah. it, i i It'd be hard for me to imagine like the the one game that could move into either of those directions. And yeah. both of those are here. They're both here. This game yeah. kind of has, there's a, there's a feeling of having it all mm-hmm. uh, with this, you know, in terms of being scary and action and great level design, fun to explore, you know? Yeah. Uh, and one of those things fun to explore is a big part of immersive Sims. Yeah. 
So um, the first two episodes of this came out in January 2018. The conclusion came out a few months later, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most ambitious and wild um, <laughs> of them. I will say that if you are listening to this, this isn't a very plot heavy game, but it is a reveal heavy game. Yes. Um, this for me, and, and you know, it is okay if, if we're not on the totally the same page. This is an unqualified recommendation for me. I need people who are listening to this to try it. Yes. Um, and I'd recommend trying it before you listen to the episode. Like if you, if you know, this just isn't your thing, mm-hmm. listen, listen away. But the way, like I would get to a level sometimes kind of see the concept of it and just have this like just ridiculous shitting and grin on my face as I realized <laughs> what they were doing. Right. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to lose that. Yeah. So if you think you might get into this, like, please give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, there, there's a tremendous amount of the novelty um mm-hmm. involved in this you know earlier when we were gushing about like oh 13 minutes is an amazing amount, amount of time to like spend in a space you know like either a play space mm-hmm. or an idea um the fact that this you know refreshes and keeps on doing new stuff means that there's going to be like a lot of conceptual drift there are going to be yes. things that we're going to talk about towards the end of this that are not implied by the big by where it starts and like getting there is a really satisfying process yes yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So, so play dusk. And the, the other way that you might not want to play dusk, mm-hmm. like a lot of this stuff, we're just going to be like, this is so fucking cool. Yes. Uh, if you don't think <clears throat> it's cool, like if you're not in the, in the cult de sac with, with, with us, like if, yeah. if that's not your thing, if, if, if like writing, if ominous writing on walls in blood is not a way to get you to pay attention to stuff. I, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not speaking the same love language. First of so. all, God help you. <laughs> and and <laughs> like, if, but second of all, like, yeah, if, if this is not the, the kind of trash you can luxuriate in. Yeah. You know, if you, and then, then you might not dig it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can understand that. I can imagine the kind of person for whom this aesthetic just is not cool. Yeah. You know, like, it's just yeah, like, I can see it being kind of dorky. It's fine. Yeah. Or it's <laughs> like, you're really in the Nintendo pocket. Right. Like the, 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 the tender frog house, like the, the, the <laughs> extremely twee. Right. side of of indie game appreciation where like everything has to be goose game yeah like you know everything has to be what if someone had a friend and that's the video game <laughs> then, may- then maybe you're not going to be into this yeah but if you have any appreciation for genre and just kind of that feeling of like oh man this is pretty badass yeah uh then i think you'll dig it yeah no so you know if you're if you're rod and todd flanders it might not be your thing if you're nelson Muntz, it will be your thing if you're bart simpson you will can't. be your thing. <laughs> Millhouse is an edge case. Yeah, Mill Millhouse is the daywalker. Yeah, he got sick of Bonestorm pretty quick. <laughs> he did. Like, <laughs> well, he, he was just cup and ball. Eh? <laughs> Attractive nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> you never know which way that ball's crazy ball is going to go. Oof. Yeah. Um, uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, uh, so it's going to be real, real a, quick about the notes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be a real weird episode structurally. There's so many levels to talk about. Uh, you know, it's going to be less of a beat by beat and more of, uh, just kind of like, Hey, what is this levels deal? Uh, what does this introduce? And then like the little story, you know, the, the environmental storytelling that goes on, we're going to be yeah. moving through them probably pretty quick. Like at a doom guy, like pace. Yes. Um, and keep in mind that in these levels, you know, just for terms of, in terms of critical evaluation, even if we're not discussing the nuts and bolts and real level design that goes into creating these ambushes and combat scenarios um, across the board with a couple of exceptions. 
they are thoughtfully designed and executed. Mm-hmm. Like you will go into an area and there will be a clever ambush Yeah, where <laughs> you might get caught by it. Getting caught by it is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You realize in retrospect what you did wrong. No. Um, so you learn something next time. And it is an interesting mix up of enemies and scenery to make a fun little action set piece. Yeah. Uh, time and time again, multiple times per level. You know, at a at a constant pace. Some so, some of those ambushes pay off like their punchlines to jokes that are told through. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. There, this game has a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, to it, we didn't. You know, we didn't really talk about that in terms of tone, but like, it is meant that is part of the idea is to be funny and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, and I laughed a lot. Yes. While playing the game, sometimes from the uh, the narrator that gives you the kind of text mm-hmm. that pops up, there's an enemy that comes up that's a dog. It's very funny, <laughs> and after you kill it, it just says "bad dog." Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, you know, I love. Um, you know, there's things like that. There's also little bits of me laughing at myself, like the first time. Uh, we'll we'll talk about these when they come up, but there are levels where you lose your flashlight, mm-hmm. um, which is a great example of something that happens in game design where making you feel like something's a big deal, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, which I love like that's mm-hmm. I don't know what the name is for that, but it's it's really impressive. When I notice it. Yeah. And the amount of times I was reflexively hitting it and just having that message. Pop up <laughs> yeah, look how I forgot. Over and over. Yeah. You broke your flashlight in the fall. Like eventually just made me giggle because yeah. I was just like, I'm so desperate for to have this back, guys. <laughs> yep. You are you're you're playing me and I love it. Yeah. Just the, 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 the amount of time that that, that happened, like it, it, it tapped into like a real world feeling like during a power outage when you walk into a room and you hit the light switch. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's literally just a reflex. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to get into it uh, with episode one, the foothills. Um, and then E1M1 is Head Cheese, uh, which is, you know, meaningful because that was the original title for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a much better title than Head Cheese. Yeah, Head Cheese is a horrible title. It's a bad title. It's a bad title, bad food. <laughs> yeah. uh, lots of cholesterol in brain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not, not interested in Head Cheese. <laughs> Uh, but you start out in a basement. Like this whole first level takes place in a, in a farmhouse. Uh, yeah. You know, you just, you starts out, you have lifted yourself off of these meat hooks that the cultists have uh, put you on. And all you have are these sickles and you are attacked by these three farmers, uh, these chainsaws, uh, the leathernecks is, a, yeah. is what they are. And let's, let's we'll camp out, you know, again, we're not going to get too detailed, but let's camp out in this beginning a little bit yeah. because uh, this was, you know, he, he talked about this in interviews um as this kind of being a little bit of an anti-tutorial almost Mm -hmm. but i can't it's really hard for me to express how much i love this Mm -hmm. um fbs's oftentimes begin with like hit the wasd keys to move around yeah use the mouse to look around yeah look up and are you happy with your with your configuration yeah exactly like you selected power drive yeah yeah exactly like you know maybe you are uh you're being tortured or something and somebody like moves their flashlight and you have to follow the flashlight Mm-hmm. And like, I get that. And games have gotten really winky and cute yeah. about different ways of incorporating that into the story. Every single time it happens, 
I'm like, I fucking know. Yeah. Like I, I do. I have a really intense. One of my favorites of those is Isaac, where it's just written on the floor in the first room of the game. And that's it. Yeah. You know, like getting that done as quick as possible, as opposed to being cute with it. Mm -hmm. And he talked about this decision because in traditional game design kind of rules, this is a bad choice Yeah. because you can die. But he's like, actually, though, you have tons of health and mm -hmm. tons of armor. There are a bunch of health and armor pickups after this. Yeah. If you die, there's no start over. So if you die, you're going to die maybe once. Mm -hmm. You know, these enemies actually aren't hard. They're more intimidating than anything. Like, yeah, he knows that he can convey an idea about kind of the world and hostility of it mm -hmm. in a low consequence way that feels high consequence. Yes. Um, it, so the fact that you are locked in a room with these guys, you are you are outnumbered. Uh, them being intimidating is you know it's a big part of it. You know they're just, huge. Yeah, they're they're they're, gi they're gigantic. They have they they have chainsaws. Like in mm -hmm. Resident Evil Four, that's an instant death attack, right? Yeah. You know, but they're pretty slow and they don't do that much damage. You, on the other hand, are very fast and you have the ability to literally run circles around them. Yeah. Like uh, like I found this to be incredibly empowering as a as as an opening. Um, yes. and it like I don't know, I felt like it was a good tutorial because it taught me like the sickles are not a fail state like this isn't yeah. the, this isn't the gauntlet from quake 3 like no like these these are really good mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so yeah it's a great opening yeah you know and just uh, and, and the voiceover here that will talk to you throughout the entire game just mm -hmm. says kill the unbeliever yes i uh, hear you know you are in deep in enemy territory in this cult yeah feels good <laughs> Yeah, wow. uh, but you kill them and you can get out of the uh, get, get out of the basement here and you are introduced to the mages. I call these cultists, uh, but they're they they're kind of dressed like clansmen. You know, they're there is a clansman energy to them. Yes. You know, uh, which is like a white cloak, you know, like cult. Yeah. They, still, they read as cultists. They read as both. Mm -hmm. They have a symbol on their chest, which we'll see, which is also the symbol on the keys. It's a mm -hmm. symbol of the cult. Yes. Uh, which we'll get to uh, when they see you. They all the enemies have a bark. Yep. When they see you, so you get an audio cue. Uh, audio cues are really important. Yes. Um, just real quick while we're adjacent to generalities. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, you know, when you boot this up, you get the DOS beep. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. It says it might take a little while. Yeah. And you might think like, and this game is not undemanding on systems. And you might think that's crazy because it it looks like Quake. Um, but the reason why is one, uh, the audio is really rich and there's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, there's like full three-dimensional audio stuff going on like it says to recommend it recommends playing this with headphones if you do it's great like you'll get tons of audio cues yeah and stuff you won't otherwise get the other thing that i wanted to mention is how much customizability you have over the game mm -hmm. um this has uh you can change the color palette of this mm -hmm. um in its entirety uh either by sliders or through presets that ape different games <laughs> um you can turn this and it changes the contrast and colors and stuff so like there's one that's human revolution. Yep. <laughs> like it turns everything kind of yellow and gold and looks a little bit like human revolution. Yeah. There's ways to do it like in black and white and sepia tone, uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that is so, I don't like, I don't know like if people like where, like where that started or whatever, but I love that when it pops up in something like the shrouded Isle or the world of horror demo, where are just like, yeah, just change the color palette, evoke this particular thing. Um, yeah. man, just, it's fun. What mood do you want? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I I chose regular. I I I yeah. just I stuck with the you know basic, but it was nice. Knowing oh, yeah. it was there. Yeah, me me too. But I just wanted <laughs> I wanted to talk about the sound and then just want to make sure that got yeah. a shout out. Yeah. It also if you uh, you can change the field of view and if you change it to maximum, which is undoable, mm -hmm. uh, the setting is called cynical, based after the cynical bread who constantly complained about field of view. Yes. Stuff in games. Yeah. So kind of cute. Yeah. Um. So you're making your way out of your, this basement into this these kind of outlying farm areas. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there are secrets galore here. There are like underground tunnels mm-hmm. um, you can find uh, to come up in another house, uh, which I did. There's another tunnel where you can find the super shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, here, uh, you know, you're rewarded. We're introduced to a couple other enemies. There are these bulls. Yeah, they're called Black Phillip, and I have no idea why. Oh, it's a it's a it's a reference the to the witch. witch. Yeah, yeah. I've no, not seen the witch. I literally just I'm just looking at, just looking at the uh, the wiki right now. No. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it is taking a lot of my effort not to say see the witch. I, know. I just wanted. I, I want. No, I, I meant to back during October, it, but really things got. No, I I know everything about you says see the witch. <laughs> it's fucking fine. Also, <laughs> oh, did you see the lighthouse too? Okay, watch, but watch You'll both like of them it. at once. I, I fucking yeah. know, man. Yeah, I know you fucking know. This is the energy we're bringing in 2020. Uh, <laughs> More confidence. <laughs> I saw Little Women yesterday. It's pretty good. See it. Okay. See it I, I, I fucking believe you. Don't go to see Little Women. It's only all right. Um, it's good. <laughs> the uh, but anywho, that's the, that's this black fill up. Um, these things. There's a colorblind thing with these. They shoot a projectile. Mm-hmm. These uh these these bulls, um bull things and uh, I cannot really see it, so I oh. did fiddle with the color a little bit until that stood out. Gotcha, yeah. No, but they just they it's weird that the dog enemy also has the projectile. Um, yeah, yeah. I I well, I just kind of since I couldn't see it, I just thought I was getting hurt. Yeah, I didn't really understand what was happening. Right. Right. No. Um, I mean, the the the, the cultists, the the mages have a have a projectile. Yeah, too. a very clear projectile. Yeah, a slow moving clear projectile. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think the like the black fellow, but like it spits like a little blood ball at you or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's hocking up a lug. Yeah. Um. Yep. But yeah. Uh, also, you know, you start out with the sickle here. You get the pistol. I love the pistol. Um. It is incredibly satisfying. I don't know why, but just uh, like the the pistol in Half Life and Half Life Two, and here the just the ultra fast move, the the ultra fast shooting hit scan weapon mm-hmm. is satisfying. Just to, like pling somebody down from across the map. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, very, very good. Um, and becomes very useful when you get a certain power up, which we'll get, uh, first in episode or mission two. Yes. Um, so we get, uh, the shotgun here. We got double pistols. We got super shotgun. If you can find that secret mm-hmm. for the weapons and you're basically just making your way out of this area with, uh, with farms into more surrounding farmland. Yeah. Down to mission two down on the farm, yeah. uh, which is a hell of a, like a, like a statement for how open yeah. this game can be. Yeah. Now, this is great. Yeah. Um, tons of secrets and opens up with a little arena around these hay bales. Mm-hmm. And you start with where you pick up the rapid fire totem, the totem, <laughs> totem of fast fire. Yeah. Well, it's about like, like you walk up and like you pick that up and there are a bunch of cultists standing in a circle mm-hmm. um, and you just mow them down. Yeah. It's, it's, so this is a power up that, uh, you know, there are a few power ups in this game. They last for a limited time. They're not items. You can't use them. Mm-hmm. They activate as soon as you pick them up. Um, they're oftentimes placed in arenas where music will kick up Mm -hmm. and this just makes your fire rate incredible. Like your pistols turn into a machine gun and your machine gun just gets absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Um, it makes everything good. Yes. Um, yeah. And I mean, like just necessary for boss fights, there will usually be one of these around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your right is a corn maze. In front of you is another house um, mm-hmm. in front of, behind this barn. Just kind of exploring these outbuildings. Yeah. Uh, extremely fun. One of the ways that they hide secrets really consistently in this game, they're cracked walls. Yeah. Uh, and before you find an explosive weapon, um, you can find gas cans. Yes. And put them there. So you can bust into one of the silos. <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, I love this corn maze. 
Yeah. Specifically because, like, you know, on the near side of the corn maze, you see, you see some scarecrows. I think, oh, one of those things is going to wake up and come after me. And they don't. They don't. Like, okay, no. Yeah. But then, you you know, you get through the corn maze, which is real, real simple. Um, although there are, like, two parts to it like there's a there's a left one and a right one that are separate mm-hmm. you have to get get in from different places but like when you exit when you find the most obvious exit uh there's a scarecrow right there and no he gets up off of his stake and comes after you with a shotgun yeah and they're incredibly uh, and, difficult like it takes like yeah. three uh, like three super shotgun blasts to take them down yeah they're, they're a mid tier enemy they're a yeah. dinky middle enemy um and they are they make a horrifying noise yeah uh <laughs> and then later again like Talking a lot of sugar about dusk. Um, it is not that from this point forward, every scarecrow will come to life. No, that would be the easy way to do it. Mm-hmm. No, it's about two thirds of them. Yep. <laughs> so you will see like there's a point uh, in the um, I think the sawdust. Yeah, yeah, it's in sawdust where you get to a cross section, like a, a T intersection, and there's a scarecrow at the middle of it. And I'm like, Ugh. like, <laughs> I, I know I got to walk past that. It doesn't come to life. Yep. But I'm like backing away from it because I expect it to. <laughs> yep. It's so good. Well, there are also ones um, that don't that don't get up right away when you go by yeah, them. It's just later. that they get up like after you do something else in the level. Yep. So good. Yeah. Just like so good. There's also just again that grungy horror, folk horror feeling to this as you're going into the maze. Um, there is a uh, soldier mm-hmm. hanging above the entrance and a sign that says "Sinner" next to it. And God, mm-hmm. do I love folk horror. Yeah. Like I love backwoods. Mm-hmm scariness they're, they're doing some uh interesting stuff here because like you don't see a soldier like for, for, and, and, for, a, for a while like they like, yeah. they do this a couple of times in the first in the first level uh or the first episode here rather where they are foreshadowing enemies you're eventually going to get to yeah they do a lot of forward backward stuff like that they foreshadow enemies they also have enemies get introduced as bosses and then be remixed as regular enemies like which right is away. kind of a classic yeah pretty quick <laughs> yeah which is a classic game design thing but the, you mm-hmm. know this game does it too and yeah. uh it's fun it gives you that feeling of like this is impossible this is really hard and like no 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 i just have to manage this mm-hmm. fucking good enough um <laughs> you, when you get through past the uh the corn maze there is a little forest you walk through uh, that is a combat arena with exploding toxic barrels mm-hmm. um, and such to get to this bar or this like shed. Um, you get through the shed, there's a tractor and there's a button that opens up a secret door. Um, the secret door is inside the corn maze. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get on top of the corn maze to get to it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's really, you know, you have to stack some stuff. Um, and it's part of the like suite of secrets mm-hmm. uh, in this. Um, that That's really, really good. Uh, if you go to that thing, that secret door, um, you open up another secret door to get to the secret level mm-hmm. of this mission. You can also go down there and find a basketball. If you pull, teleport the basketball out and put it through the basketball hoop, mm-hmm. it opens up another secret thing that opens up one of the developers, like Chris Houlihan rooms, mm-hmm. which is how you get the sword and just like an absolutely incredible amount of wealth early on, <laughs> like fill up your, your, both your health and armor. Yeah. I just, I just love that it is like a, like a nesting doll of secrets. Like, Oh, yeah. you know, you, you might think, okay, I get up here and I get the riveter. That's cool. It's like a rocket launcher. Didn't expect yeah. to get it that early. Oh, it's a, it's a secret. That's a secret level. You know, it's a, it's, it's an alternate exit that takes you to this, uh, you know, to, to, to this bonus. No, uh, like there's a, there, there's a level even beyond that. Like this level is so fucking dense. We're going to yeah. pick up the pace on these because eventually the stuff that we're outlining becomes de rigueur, but like yes. just as an introduction, again, a hell of a statement on how open this is. Yep. And, and just, you know, my video game, like good, you know, comfort zone yeah. is being in an outdoor area with lots of smaller indoor areas to check out. Mm-hmm. 
like outbuildings, you know, Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. Like let's let's take out some outbuildings. Mm-hmm. Love an outbuilding. Mm. Um, the secret level on uh, episode one is called the Dim Slough. Um, slow slough. The, the Dim Sloth. Yeah. The Sloth. Um, and this is kind of a swamp mm-hmm. zone. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot to this. As a little bit like the actual the, all three secret levels, I don't love. Yeah. And this, the Radicombs is a little wink. Like we didn't talk about that enemy. A weird secret hardest enemy in this game are the rats. <laughs> Um, because they're hard to line up and kill. Yeah, and they do like more damage than they ought to. It feels yeah. like they're they're a serious, and I think I feel like the developer understood that and then made the radicomes. Yes, um, but they're they're a big pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but the the first two secret levels you get to, there's not they're not standouts to me. No, like they're fun because I find dusk levels fun, but they're not worth it, talking about that much. It doesn't it it doesn't they they could just have swapped out with with a different one. They could have just mm-hmm. been a reg a regular regular thing and i wish this these had been like you know it's not a big problem or anything like but i would appreciate like oh it's the development offices or something yeah something a little bit more like a little winkier and and stranger yeah Uh, like my my template for this is the secret levels and zombies at my neighbors honestly which are you know goat yeah um so the the actual uh real next level is old time religion Mm -hmm. again i love mission three Yep. Um, and it has you going to, into uh, some cave tunnels that are deep beneath this church. The church is uh, immediately locked away. Uh, this is the first time you're really dealing with like heavy keying going on. A um, mm-hmm. bunch of different outbuildings you have to get into um, after you find the first key here. Um, and they introduce, they give you the assault rifle. That's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's an M60 machine gun. Nice. But when you pick it up, this is when the sea of rats comes at yeah. you. You're going to back up. Yeah. Uh, back up here. There's also the beginning of this level is worth talking about because it ends with a lar- or begins with a large period of quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm not going to bring that up every time it happens, but I just want to make sure it's mentioned as part of the texture of this game. Yeah. Is that there will be long stretches with no enemies. Right. Um, there, um, there are it's like specifically in episode two, like levels that are built around that. Yes. Uh, and I love that. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going through, uh, these tunnels that you mentioned, um, you had to eventually have to crawl through a sewer gate and it has the feeling of being a secret, but it's not, uh, the right. game will tell you when you find a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, we find some graffiti kind of learning a little bit of kind of what happened, but again, you know, that's almost feels like an overstatement. Yeah. You know, bad science happened. <laughs> right. Um, you see some graffiti. It says we traded God for demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a boss down at the end of here. Um, yeah. one of the things I like about this game is that most of the bosses are optional. Yes. Um, not all of them, but you can almost always run past them. They have a little bit of friction to stop you mm-hmm. from doing it easily, but you can usually do it. Yes. So, yeah. Um, like, and this, weirdly that is mixed in with something that makes no sense in this game, which is, uh, the pacifist run. Yeah. 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 <laughs> getting through, uh, getting through these things without fighting a guy, mm-hmm. uh, is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the first boss, the intoxicator. <laughs> um, Somebody clearly just out. thought of that pun. Yep. It's an alcoholic alligator. Yep. Um, uh, you're, you're fighting him in a sewer that just has a bunch of beer bottles laying around. Yep. Uh, and he kind of scoots around pillars. Like, basically, you have to kite him around pillars. He mm-hmm. uh, he shoots his toxic spray at you. Yeah. And you he doesn't have very much wind-up for it. You want to just kind of feel the rhythm of his attacks and make sure there's a pillar between you and him. Yeah. Um, can be very difficult, mm-hmm. but is not insurmountable by any means. Yeah. It took me, like, a couple of tries before I figured him out. Um, yeah. yeah you, you, so you can drink beer. Like the yeah. beer bottles oh, yeah. are inter- interactable here. Like, and eat hash. What's up? And eat hash. Yes. Yeah, just cans um, of hash. <laughs> yep. Ugh. 
Oh. Um, um, there's a couple of little like interactables that are uh, in the levels that are fun mm-hmm. uh, that have Duke Nukem 3D energy. Um, you can find a computer that has you playing the game and you say you don't have time to play with yourself, which is uh, directly from of course. Duke Nukem. Yeah. Um, there are pictures of the developers and stuff on the walls. There's like, different art <laughs> yep. that is, that is uh, scary mm-hmm. that you'll find. One of my favorites, uh, so there's two things also. There's a bar of soap in every level. Uh-huh. Um, if you find all those, that's an achievement. Um, yep. It's hidden. Yeah. And uh, you can flush anything down a toilet. Yep. <laughs> The, the the bar of soap is uh where the so it is a it is a one hit kill projectile mm, if yeah, you throw yeah. it an uh throw it at an enemy yeah yep um but there's only one per level of course so it's kind of tricky um and yeah you finding books putting them on the toilet and hitting flush and just watching the books go down <laughs> is fun yeah. Yeah. we'll go down the hole <laughs> yeah um mm-hmm. mission four i i didn't make find this very notable like it's kind of a bummer steamworks is just a maze level um, yeah. it's notable cause you get the super shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, you know, they, they, they were very observant. They understood how important the sound is on a super shotgun. Very satisfying yes. tactile. Yeah. And you, and you can get this before, but it's yeah. hidden. This is where you yeah. find it. And the main thing, there is not a lot to this level, but again, it 12 minutes. Yes. So it's a maze, but you're, it's like kind of a maze. Yeah. It's, it's an industrial zone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like when I say maze, what I mean is like tight corridors with no visibility. Yeah, it's not outdoor level. It's not going in and out. Right. Uh, which is the superior kind of level, but this mm-hmm. is not, uh, you know, the worst of these type of things. Yes. Um, and it's nice because it opens into a, a highlight for mm-hmm. episode one, a really good level. Not yes. the highlight, but I, a highlight, which is sawdust, mm-hmm. um, which is really great. Yeah. Um, this is a logging site. Um, really, really wide open. Lots of little outbuildings, lots of little uh, secrets and ways to get into hidden kind of like attics and such in these sawmills. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really fun. And you get my favorite weapon in this, which is the hunting rifle. Yes. Um, and it's like, so, so something that they do that is really goofy. If you just look at it and, you know, try to explain it. But like when you find a, a weapon that, you know, works a little bit differently, um, like it will spawn enemies and give you like a little tutorial thing. So like when you pick up the hunting rifle, it gives you a shooting gallery of wizards to practice using the zoom shots. Any weapon mm-hmm. can be zoomed in. You just press the right mouse. Uh, but mm-hmm. for this, it really matters. Yep. Yep. Um, and you get the most zoom in. Yeah. For this. It's very nearly a one hit kill. Yeah. On almost everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's good. Real good. <laughs> um, and, and just really, like, you know, your sight lines are really long. Yeah. In this level. It's not linear. Like, to your left, there is a train track. And to your right, there's, like, a set, section of rolling hills. Mm-hmm. They kind of go down like you can kind of explore this in a couple different ways yeah. and you don't have to get everything in this level, which yeah. I really love. Like you can leave large swaths of it unexplored if you want. Yeah, um, that's also I mean, it's worth mentioning that as, you know, something that couldn't be done back in the day. Like those sight lines, the long sight lines yes. on that, you know, like it would have been fogged out. You know, they're like yeah. draw draw distance was an actual thing then whereas here it is not so like sniping is viable in a way that like you really couldn't do that in blood or quake yeah, yeah. when there when there when there's fog it's very intentional yeah and in interviews with this guy that's one of the other things he talks about is like you know a pretty standard point for us but just it's nice to see somebody echo it is that you know the graphics fidelity arms race is mm-hmm. dumb you yeah. know it is it is fool's errand and the uh and you know he says like you know i've seen like photorealistic games that still have like draw in and fog and like, you know, bad sight lines. Yeah. Like, you know, the, these things that are actually extremely important, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a quote he says where he's like, 
Um, graphics fidelity is not as important as developers think it is to players and probably not as important to players as they think. <laughs> right. And I, you know, and I, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Just like, just the, like there are actual improvements that has been made to the technology that make a functional difference that should almost always, you know, like if, if you're going to make an exception or claim that, that, you know, your decision is an exception, um, you better have a really good reason to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Just like. They have have sight lines. Fuck. Yeah, sight lines. Yeah. Uh, when you get into this button to go into the sawmill, you get trapped. Again, it was a little joke. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, dropped into the cellar with kind of a mini boss. Yeah. Um, this new enemy, these fork maidens, <sighs> which are kind of female uh, scarecrow. Right. Ladies. Um, and they have a very fast-moving projectile that will fuck you up. Yep. Uh, weirdly enough, their wind-up for it is slower than the projectile speed. Mm-hmm. So being close to them and watching when they start to do that and then circle strafing is better than keeping a distance. Yes. <laughs> However, they're, you know, from this point forward, they're going to be mixed in with other stuff. And, like, keeping an eye out for their wind-up was not something that I was able really to do. It depends on, yeah, if you're fighting them in a, like, if you're fighting them from, because, uh, the, so the next level you know, mm-hmm. transitions well is the cutty mine mm-hmm. which is a maze but i like that i think this maze is scary yes um in in a good way and the way you fight them there is by managing their sight lines yes by you um, know by by strafing out um yeah, backing from, up from around safety corner. around yeah. corners mm-hmm. hitting them as they poke around corners then backing around another corner mm-hmm. quick cover you know? what, you need, what yep. you need yeah um yeah in the the cutty mine mm-hmm. um which is a back and forth uh maze getting keys mm-hmm. uh through here again it's you know, it's not as interesting as exploring a city or a farm, mm-hmm. but it is scary. Yeah. Uh, to me. To me. Yes, which I uh, which I like. <laughs> but yeah, like just like the, this level is really about teaching you to deal with these fork maidens, you know, to a lesser degree with the you know the mages, but their projectiles are far more manageable, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. yeah, and at the end here, you know, you get that weapon speed power up that lets you mow through. Uh, these remaining remaining enemies. It's very empowering, especially because those fork maidens, in addition to being you know dealing a lot of damage, they're pretty durable. You know, like they they do not fall as fast as the regular rank and file cultists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is something that's true of this game. Like yeah. enemies don't necessarily all melt. Right. It is somewhere between a a doom and a modern shooter. Yeah. You know, it's nothing is gonna you know it's not Bioshock Infinite. Nothing is gonna take two shotgun clips <laughs> right. to kill, but you know, your super shotgun versus those those scarecrow guys, it's going to take a few. It's mm-hmm. going to take two or three, yeah. you know, depending on how close you are. Um, I, to me, this is balanced by the fact that you can get close yeah. to them. Like, you're so much faster. They have these long wide-ups. Like, I, did, I avoided a lot of attacks in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, next level, uh, one of my favorites, not my absolute favorite. I think my favorite during this uh, is Ghost Town, mm-hmm. um, which I really love. Oh, and a walk. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Dead of Night is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of dense level that is, uh, as opposed to wide. So mm-hmm. you are, it's a night, so it's cool looking and atmospheric, this like plot of farmland where you're going back and forth, getting into buildings and grain silos, uh, just dealing with, you know, ambushes and enemies that spawn in as you gain access to these new parts. Yes. Uh, being outside like is incredibly dangerous, uh, getting, yeah. between, getting between these things. Uh, you don't want to spend a lot of time, uh, specifically in like the middle area, kind of the no man's mm-hmm. land. You're going to want to go from building to building. Yep. Uh, this is also the, they've been, uh, in the game before. Um, there's one of them, the second level, but this is the first level with a major emphasis on the, uh, springboard. Mm-hmm. 
like these uh these pads on the ground that launch you up into the air yeah um when I, enemies use these as well and they're not intelligent enough to use them you know, <laughs> well. there's not a, like tons of ai in this game right you know like we're gonna run to the soldiers and one of their barks is flank them but they don't flank them no no um you know so they just uh an enemy you know one of the scarecrows will be stuck on this thing <laughs> just jumping up and down and shooting Whee! at the top of his you know Whee! it's it's very it's, it's funny and it's ends up creating an interesting like almost a new kind of enemy mm-hmm. on accident yeah you know like a weird turret yeah um their corpses can land on them mm-hmm. uh you can put boxes on them yeah uh, it's fun <laughs> yeah it, it just it respects all physics objects yes yeah uh this is where you get the crossbow uh this <laughs> is a magic crossbow that is powered by foul magic we're gonna see where the magic comes from later on uh but you get it in this hunting blind and uh it explains when you pick it up okay this you know doesn't just pierce enemies it pierces walls to demonstrate the piercing enemies it will spawn a bunch of mages in a straight line yep and you can take them all out with one shot and i i would always underestimate how powerful this thing would be oh yeah this is this is one of the mvp weapons for me in the game like um and one of the reasons i end up using it which i don't know how uh, intended it is to the, the intended experience but that idea you know when we talk about backing up into cover mm-hmm. like you're dealing with an enemy that uh is hardy mm-hmm. backing around corners and then shooting that corner yep <laughs> with this was something a way i got around like a lot of tankier enemies yeah um this is very powerful it's not hunting rifle powerful but it is mm-hmm. more powerful than the shotgun yeah um this is a really great weapon yeah. it's constricted by a lack of ammunition um yeah. which is and know, it's it moves balance. slow it's a slow projectile which yeah. makes it a little harder to use yeah um but still cool mm-hmm. good for yeah. bosses yep yeah. yeah um we're trying to get into this farmhouse at the other end after we're going through these silos when we get in there's a picture of a kid with spiky hair uh, this is the <laughs> guy who he partnered with the market uh the game when you click on it, it says it looks like a cult leader yeah yeah uh, it's a picture no, of him from look, high school looks, looks like a middle school <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a middle schooler. Yeah. If he just said that, that would have been pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a middle schooler. Yeah. You know? <laughs> smells like middle schooler in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, you get into the basement. There's a little well down here. There's a bottle of lotion on the uh, mm-hmm. on the well. So Buffalo yep. Bill. Yep. Yep. Um, and when you jump down, uh, you actually get uh, uh, to fight the boss of the area, the uh, the Dusk Brothers. I think I thought they were the Duke Brothers. Are they? I thought so. Duke, let me um, let me see you, here. You vamp, and, and I'll, it is I'll it is the Duke Brothers. Yes. I I, I Brothers. misread it. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is uh, introducing a new standard enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, these are a little tankier. They are just big cultists. Yeah. Yep. They're just <laughs> they're, very tall. Yep. They 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 are very large cultists. VLCs. Uh, yeah. Yep. Get a look uh, at those VLCs. Yeah. And, um, they, uh, so they, they differentiate visually. They like their, their robes are a little bit more red. Uh, but, uh, these guys, when they shoot fireballs, they home at you. Yeah. And they're not, uh, they seriously home at you. Yes. No, they like, will the follow you. They will follow you. The experience of fighting these guys is doing one long circle strafe. Mm-hmm. The entire fight. Yeah. Um, when these, these guys are really great, once they start getting mixed up with regular cultists, mm-hmm. Um, I like that they have from a certain distance, they have a similar silhouette. Yeah. The coloration is different, but even, you know, I could, I could differentiate the color, but sometimes I'd mistake them. Right. And that would get me in trouble because I would dodge on a fireball expecting it not to follow me. Uh huh. You know? Uh, but yeah, these guys are great. Yeah. Uh, uh, big boys. Some, something that I love, um, is you can even do this here. Like, you know, the, the, the fireballs will follow you, but you can trail them into the enemies. 
as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, um, and that, they, that plays something into something else. From, okay. Yeah. Well, just in general, that will happen. It's something they took from Doom. Yeah. Is that if enemies hit each other, they'll turn aggro on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and like, there, like there is a level near the end of this game where that is what you need to do to, to, mm. to live through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, good boss fight. I like this enemy, uh, even though it killed me. Um, I, I guess that, that, that is what a good enemy is. Um, mm-hmm. they will kill you, but then you thank them for how they did it, I guess. Thank you, sir. <laughs> May I have another mm, in the next level for sure. Yes. Through, uh, the, gate. through the gate. Uh, yes. which, uh, again, we're outside, we've got this Rocky Canyon, uh, but we're edging into some higher tech buildings. You know, these are not just wacky shacks. We're getting yeah. into, uh, what appear to be like factories and things. Serious shacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Stable shacks. Stable shack. <laughs> um, the, uh, so yeah, you, uh, you kind of move through here. We eventually get the blue key. Um, this first area is full of large sight lines, mm-hmm. um, in this cliff area that reminds me of Half-Life 1. Yeah quite a bit um and uh get this blue key until we can get into this house that has all this wiring yeah um i love that you get the blue key off of an enemy that we're gonna find later on the welder yeah i was yep. like i saw that i was like oh i'm gonna fight one of those yep big fat <laughs> flamethrower guys yeah um and we start fighting the soldiers yep uh, and let's flank them yep you go inside like, uh yeah yep. this the, the the mutated soldiers come at you uh yep. and in order to you know rise to the occasion you get a new weapon here the the mortar which uh, yep. acts just like the grenade launcher from Quake, uh, yep. the, the demo man gun from Team Fortress. I have loved this thing. Oh yeah, my that's God. great. Really satisfying. Yeah. Um, I like the soldiers as well. One of the things that this game does is when it introduces enemies, it's not a pure escalation. Right. Like these are an alternative form of the base enemy. Right. Like they're so weak. Mm-hmm. You know, soldiers go down really quickly. Yeah. Um, they have a little bit higher firing speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not like super accurate or anything. No, like they're introducing new kinds of Goombas this late in the game, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is, is great. Yeah. Um, love it. Uh, when I say that the grenade launcher works like those other guns, I should probably say, um, it, it throws them out, but they do not explode on impact. You have to press the alternate fire to detonate them. They, they will explode on impact with an enemy. They don't explode on impact on the ground. Right. That, that, that is a good distinction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the end of this, we, there's a military facility we find with a, a gate that says "Welcome to Dusk." Um, I love this little set piece, the the, the fort, the towers mm-hmm. here. You know, the idea that again, you're just getting the suggestion of a story, yeah, well, environmental storytelling. Like, oh, the the military came in, tried to cordon off this town, but got mm-hmm. corrupted. Yeah, they were drawn the in as well. Yeah, yep. um, which can, brings in. Uh, M9, which is the best level in this episode, goes mm-hmm. down. Goes down. Love it. Uh, it's a city yeah. block. Um, yep. It is the better expression of those Sandy Peterson Doom 2 levels back on Earth. Much better. Yeah. Yeah, because those those were not great levels. Right. Cool <laughs> idea, but they didn't feel like towns. This is, you know, it has that Duke Nukem feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it also um, starts off with one of the things about this game that, again, that I really love is enemies have to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, enemies are positioned to know where you're at, generally, right. um, or to be positioned not to know where you're at. Be mm-hmm. positioned to see you when you enter a sight line. Right. However, uh, with, with uh, intentionality, there'll be levels where enemies start facing away from you, mm-hmm. and they have an air of stealth to them. Yeah. Um, and this is one of them. Like your weapons don't enemies don't hear, so you can use weapons on enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I think they might hear explosions, but they don't hear bullets. Yeah, it, um, it's specifically like melee is the best way to go, and very specifically the sword later on when it yeah. does kind of encourage. Like you know, the text of the game says, "Hey, 
act with stealth on this. But... Yeah, there's a stealth level yeah. in this, and it's not intolerable. Right. Like, if you're imagining a stealth level in Doom, like, right. it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but this is a dense city block where mm-hmm. you're going in and out of buildings, finding these secrets, um, you know, secret passages. Getting into the sewers. Uh, getting into the sewers, which is fun. Like, getting into, uh, like, these garages you're not supposed to get into, climbing in through walls mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. Um, it's just, like, it's put it in my veins. Like, yeah, it is a yeah. fun little area to explore. Yeah, let, let me get into a locked store. Let me get into, the like, the like the back room. Let me get into the sewers that gets me into a house that I can yeah. get into the attic of and jump across to, you know, jump across onto the canopy of a gas station and get into, like, a library. I just yeah. love it. <laughs> Make your immersive sim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Shit, I didn't realize I was just describing an immersive sim yeah no i mean this is this is there's a lot of that deus ex dna yeah this game um so the final encounter once you kind of make your way collecting key cards throughout this town um is in this big basement mm-hmm. uh and the uh the walls come down this is a trick the game will do yeah um where you pick up a thing and the walls come down and there'll be these fork maidens and then more walls come down afterwards which so is a good funny. joke yep. yeah like oh there's more yeah so you know like specifically like the 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 change in geometry and stuff does evoke um you know antechamber and um uh specifically uh stanley parable and Mm -hmm. i i can kind of see a little bit of like i have no idea i've not read an you know an interview where he said this but like stanley parable is an amazing game because it does tell jokes through play even if that play mm-hmm. is just, you know, particular motions uh, or particular particular movement that you can do within the engine here. The fact that they can that he can just do a joke in and play without having like text as the setup is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Again, playing into that general, you know, him talking about him getting over his fear of gameplay and how gameplay can touch you in a deeper way than just seeing something can. Yeah. Like 10 times out of 10. And that includes jokes. Yeah. You know, like if you play a joke, you feel it more than if you are told a joke. Yeah. You know, uh, do don't show mm-hmm. is the, the the video game mantra that everyone should aspire to. Internalize it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we have our final level here. Uh, episode or Mission 10 creations. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have, ri- you know, we ride a lift down into this uh, into the stage and there's a voice that actually asks us and addresses us. Are you prepared for what's next? Um, yeah. And there are tons of items laying around. Notably, there's no enemies. Yeah. Like you get into what is obviously a big open testing lab and there are some scientists who will run at you and attack you. Those guys are a real pain. Oh, in the my deck. God. They do so much damage. <laughs> like the little, yeah. like the they're they're trying to attack you with a syringe. Uh huh. They're injecting you with, you know, goo. <laughs> um, and they they have a their bark. They go, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. That they do is just very like ooh, yeah yeah um yeah love those guys mm-hmm. um but we're opening up a, a quarantine cell to move forward yeah uh we fight a boss uh, uh named creation mm-hmm. uh which is a bad horse <laughs> a very bad horse like a big demon horse dog yeah um that kind of runs back and forth and then spews uh projectiles it's just a constant spray yeah like he well he does stop no, he, he moves like a turret. He moves like, you know, Bart, those kind of uh, sprinkler. <laughs> Which one do you prefer? Ask him big mini millhouse. <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of does like that. Yeah. Um, he's hard to avoid, though. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy gave me some problems until I realized uh, the little shed that I unlocked him. Mm-hmm. There's like really good cover. Yeah. Like going in that covers you from multiple angles yeah. when he's attacking you. And then you can come back in and attack him while he's 
doing things. And again, just a joke. Uh, you go in, you press any of the buttons right. to kind of rush the end of the level, and it opens up, a, a second one comes out. <laughs> yeah. uh, just to fight another one, which is great. Yeah. Um, because it, it seems like that'd be a huge fuck you. Uh-huh. Uh, but you get one of those, the the Totem of Fast Fire mm-hmm. power-ups, yeah. um, which you can make pretty short work of them. Yeah. You can also just run to the end. Well, yeah. At that point, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I wanted to fight him because... Video know. games is fun. Yeah, video games are good. <laughs> so yeah. I'm in favor of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the like this boss was what convinced me that bunny hopping was the thing that I needed to do. Oh yeah. Uh, because of how quickly it could rotate and spew uh, uh, projectiles at me. So like you learn to take cover, I learned to move faster. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that ends uh, episode one. Yep. You you exit the level and a voice says, "This is only the beginning." And it is. Um, we get these little text scrolls mm-hmm. between levels. It's like a gory doom background. Yeah. And, and red chiller font. <laughs> as we enter episode two, the facilities, the meat hook yeah. wounds in your back still throb as you make your way down the cold, black and bloody hallways that once held those monstrous creations. Do you truly seek answers or is it simply too late to turn back? Yeah. Mm. And this is really different. Yeah. um you're gonna we're gonna get some wild shit in this episode like i one of the things i like about this game is that the the episodes are not like level packs no no they they feel very different totally different enemies really different tones Mm -hmm. and moods and it starts off with this first level right from the beginning the granary Uh uh-huh which is fascinating yeah like the design of this is really interesting yeah and it's like it's cribbing from older games like 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 there are there are levels that specifically like early in duke and then i think maybe late in doom that like the the specific like gameplay gimmick of this the rockets raining down down on you that he is explicitly pulling from oh yeah yeah Yeah. this this is this is a wink yeah but it's a cool wink oh yeah It, it has this feeling of like because so you're making you're on this uh this big section of two big fields with uh interior kind of sheltered walls like almost like a stadium so it's it's almost like a dry dock almost if this was not landlocked i would call this a dry dock but yeah yeah. uh in between your actual arena Mm -hmm. you'll be through so you have to fight your way to this thing but there are these these fat soldiers these welder enemies Mm -hmm. up top that shoot uh these these rocket things that you they move incredibly slow yeah but they can see you uh-huh they don't have limited sight line you know right. they don't have a limited amount of distance they just have limited angles yeah so they're shooting at you from and it's fog it's intentionally foggy yes so you're just seeing these rockets come from nowhere mm-hmm. they're so slow you can definitely avoid them yeah but you don't really know what that is in the distance no it's, i figured I was it was like, just it was fireballs like coming from the sky like yeah, okay there's the, yeah yeah it's, it's just an environmental, it's like a weather, it's a weather effect that is put on this level. No, you're going to get up there and deal with them. But for the yeah, moment, everyone, like it is a yeah. constant thing you have to always be aware of while you're fighting in these dry docks. Yeah, fighting these soldiers, <laughs> um, which are in full effect now. Mm-hmm. We're getting lots of soldiers now. Yeah. Um, these, uh, I thought it was going to be like the boss of Contra, the first level of Contra or something. Yeah. Like I was going to go fight like an evil wall. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because it, <laughs> it feels like they're coming from everywhere. It's oppressive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and as you get closer and you actually see who they are, it's tremendously empowering. Like you don't have the hunting rifle. We've reset. Yes. So you're getting weapons really slowly. So you still have to kind of make, you know, play slowly, take cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get to the third part of this level in the the actual grain silo, it's just really complicated. Yeah. It's a really intricate little level of like going in and out of, you know, indoor and outdoor spaces mm-hmm. um, with changes of elevation. Yep. Within them. 
um, where you can, uh, you know, go inside to get cover, fight a few enemies, go up some stairs, leave and be have a different vantage point mm-hmm. to take out these these guys that are harrying you. Yeah. Um, it's a, um, it's a, it is a great level. So, uh, lots of little like uh, resupply caches. Um, yes. just like kind of stuck up in the lofts of these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a whole new movement power that you get. Yeah. 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 Which is, uh, this little bit where you're trying to find your, you know, your keys. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up in the bottom of this like a big grain silo, mm-hmm. uh, which is a real way you can die. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's a drowning. Corn. Oh yeah. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing. Like the explosion, the explosion is not necessarily the only way that that, uh, can kill you. Yeah. Yeah. You can die in corn. Uh-huh. Um, and this it's one though, sale. you don't, and the, uh, the guy kind of laughs at you, mm-hmm. you know, but there's a power up down here that allows you to, if you press the walk button, mm-hmm. which you've never used before. Right. Cause why would you, <laughs> uh, it allows you to climb up walls. Yes. This is time limited. Like you can't just always do this from this point forward, which is good. Um, yeah. but yeah, you climb up the walls and your jump is not diminished off of this. So you can just leap across. <laughs> entire spans yeah uh, and then you know latch onto whatever surface is over there and that's how you get out of the silo yep and if you get out of the silo with enough of this left you can get up on top and get some extra secrets mm-hmm. and such to uh, climb out to some top of some structures that are challenging to get yeah. to otherwise and it's kind like you know if you don't figure this out right away this thing just keeps on respawning this, yeah. uh, the, this, this power up you will never be trapped here and also like there are no enemies inside of here while you're learning this uh while you're while you're learning this move yeah yep um one thing i i uh that i think is super cool that i didn't learn until i was doing research mm-hmm. for this episode right so um i knew there'd be rocket jumping in yeah. this game once i got the mortar and there is yeah um there's a secret in this level that's extremely hard to get to mm-hmm. and it allows you to get the crossbow early yeah going outside this level but or no, it doesn't allow you to. You need to get the crossbow to get back into the level mm-hmm. because when you shoot the crossbow, you may have noticed that like it shunts you back it, a little yep, bit, pushes you back. Yeah. If you jump in the air and shoot down, you can just kind of like hover <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. shooting down with the crossbow in this yeah. game. I never did it. I just saw it online. I'm like, that's so fucking good. <laughs> I, I, it makes me want to play it again, knowing that. Mm-hmm. And just because you get, if you're just like shoot down every once in a while, it's almost like flying in Super Mario World. Yeah, you've got a you've got a hover. <laughs> yeah, the little rhythm of like, Wrang, yeah. Wrang. Right? You can kind of bounce like sky hop yeah. over into things. And that's it's, so incredibly it's, cool. it's, it's like a long distance pogo stick. When you nut exactly. in space, it push you backward. If you do nut in space, it does push you backward. Yeah. Never nut in space. <laughs> you smell it. <laughs> it gets um, in the instruments. <laughs> yeah, it totally get in the instruments. It would, and also like, I don't know, play, you know impregnate a planet. <laughs> okay, Grant Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Like, I, don't want, I don't want my seed. You know, I, I, I ain't gonna that's just, a real star seed pilgrim. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking for any any extra mouths to feed, any interplanetary Garys, <laughs> interplanet Gary. Yeah, like interplanet Gary Junior. Uh, you know, Junior Junior the third. Yeah, yeah. If you come in space, it would freeze instantly, right? I mean, yeah, but then it would break through stuff. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Bur- burn up, burn up on you, know, burn up in the atmosphere bullet up another load you know so um it'd be hard to maintain an erection though in space uh yeah i mean like specifically like like, like, uh, lower blood pressure is a real problem in space actually it's very difficult to get an erection in space because of that i could do it if i I was if i was if i was (laughs) 
<laughs> are we going to start measuring horny? <laughs> well, I mean, I figure those those eggheads at NASA probably have a way to do it already. Uh, yeah, know? I mean, it's it, it is literally like a little sleeve that goes over it and yeah. measures resistance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, or, or I have to blow into some kind of like thing. Yeah, like an air thing. Or just it just had like how 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 loudly you say "Yowza!" Look at the gams <laughs> on that dame. Yeah, oh, like if oh, I saw oh, Saturn, but it was a tit instead of a planet, yeah. and I was just like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, Baringa. Yeah, you know. Bloop, bloop, bloop. How much your nose bleeds? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My nose would bleed. I would like my head, my eyes would explode. Like the end of Total Recall. <laughs> kind of horny I am. <laughs> yeah, space horny. You know, for shooting loads. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. it's a... I think we solved it. <sighs> Get some instruments to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to figure it out. We're gonna have to figure out how to how to do it in space. Oh, eventually. <sighs> yeah. I think I could do it if I was horny enough. <laughs> yeah. I just love you know, just this very particular circle. This very <laughs> stuck, stuck in a real loop. Yeah. <laughs> just, just this loop. You're just like you constantly needing to prove that if 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 the need was there, if if needed, you could get horny enough to do it in yeah. space. If need be, and there was a big enough tit, like a planetary tit. <laughs> You know, yeah. Take that, Gary has been taking his juvenile humor and infecting the other shows. Go <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck yourself. Um, Jesus God. Okay. Uh, this moves us into uh, so <laughs> the end of this. Um, you, <laughs> you get a rivet. There's a great little you know, little message that says "death from above." Mm-hmm. Get the uh, or you get the um, you get the rivet, but you, before that, you would get the uh, mortar. Yeah, so you can just like rain down like. Oh yeah, you like you 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 get up in the smokestacks and you just start taking yeah. them down. And that's where the uh, that's where the welders are. Yeah, the welders have uh, re re jiggered. Um, those guys blow up when you kill them. Mm-hmm. They have uh, flamethrowers on their back. Uh, good good use of hunting rifle. Yeah, uh, for those guys, they'll go down one hunting rifle hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you uh, get this key, you can go back across the map. Um, and they just populate the like football field looking area with regular cultists and then the uh, purple wizards, the Duke brothers. Yes. Yeah. Um, getting the homers out there. And of course you use that to start fights. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, um moving us into mission two, unseen. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Uh, this is, yeah, this is pretty, pretty arguably best enemy in the game. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, yeah. like, and it's taking like a gimmick from doom that I don't necessarily care for. Yeah. Uh, they like the invisible enemy and turning it into really, really effective horror. Yeah. Um, so unseen, this is the level that opens up like the first two thirds of this. There's no combat really. Yeah. Like God. you're, you're just in the level and you know, there's nobody. And then eventually you find corpses and strange bones um and then there's a message on the wall that says don't go into the ruins well i've been everywhere else and yep. i have not found the key that i need to leave this level so i'm gonna go in the ruins yep and you get uh <laughs> you know and again that feeling of dread like i know i shouldn't do this yeah you go in you see a message on the wall that says don't trust your eyes and it's introducing the uh wendigo yep um this enemy that is in this deer-headed like loping around on all fours mm-hmm. monster uh, that is invisible until you hit it. Yes. Uh, um, it is invisible except for the, t- <laughs> the ding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that happens. Like a little scare cord that hits. Well, it's, it's, it's invisible. The way that you can tell is you will see bloody footprints coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and you hit it and they're hardy. Mm-hmm. Like you, you want to get away from these things. They're fast and hardy and do a lot of damage. Yeah. Well, and they, uh, they, they, they've got no behavior other than to run directly at you. Yeah. Which is true of a lot of enemies in this game. Well, yeah. But with okay. this one in particular, the, the fact that it can get most of the way there without you being aware of it. Yes. Um, plays into it and makes it feel like less of a limitation of enemy behavior or more of like, this is what this thing does. Yeah. These are an emergency. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, like you cannot suffer them in your player. There's a level, there's an enemy they introduced in uh, episode three. That is like the update to these things. Uh-huh. The, the scream. Yep. Guys that are also equally good. Yeah. The, the horrors. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those things are amazing. <laughs> Um, but just really scary. Like I like lost my shit. Like I jumped, mm-hmm. I got very scared by this game and this enemy yeah. something that happens, uh, playing this with a mouse is I have my hand on it and the mouse sensitivity, uh, you know, I tend to turn that down in video games. I think I, I like less sensitivity than most, mm-hmm. uh, gamers, but I, I have it, uh, you know, relatively simple. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as soon as I get seen by these things and they make that noise, my hand like goes, well, <laughs> yep, and, my, and my, uh, you're pointing in a direction that you did. You don't know how you ended up pointed there. Yes, yeah, uh, and it, it's awesome. Yeah, like it just feels so good. You know, it's just like, oh god, like I got scared. My character got scared. Mm-hmm. You know, everything about this works. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I could. I think I could get horny enough to not be scared. I is there a way to measure it? Has NASA mm. figured out a way to measure it though? I, th- I think they have to take blood. Is the thing. Yeah. yeah, which like your blood pressure is fairly low in space, so it's hard to get horny. Right. Well, I mean, it's hard to get enough blood to yeah, yeah, to measure to, the to measure the, hor- the hormones. Yeah, my dad used to tell me that that blood came from your brain, and that's why you mm. made bad decisions when you're horny. I think which that was a weird just a way to, to justify it. Yeah. yeah, like it's like a weird thing to say to your only son, yeah. aka probably your biggest mistake. <laughs> Like, you know, like considering, I mean, in a a way it's because he was insulting your intelligence by thinking you couldn't connect the dots on that statement. Yeah. I I know I come from your balls, old man. (laughs) You know, like I, I, I got it. I'm picking this up. I mean, I did. I wasn't offended when I was 11. Right. Right. But now I I reacted to everything, but now, you know, yeah, almost 30 years later now I've got my groove back and get as horny as I want to. Well, I mean, especially in space. Dude, if there's a big enough tip. Um, (laughs) So the, um, anywho, uh, when you go back above uh, after this thing chases you, there are regular enemies. Yeah, yeah. Again, and these things will be mixed up. Mm-hmm. These are not mini bosses. Uh, the Wendigos. No. Yeah. Uh, but part of that, like reading the level, like having your body feel what's going to happen, is going into an area and just being like, okay, mm-hmm. like I bet there's going to be invisible. I bet the Wendigos are going to be here. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this introduces uh, mission three into the Thresher, <laughs> uh, which is kind of a big arena level that slowly, like you move into. Yes. Uh, here but lots of long sight lines and enemies sniping you from a distance yeah uh this is the first level where i made a note of the turrets but they're absolutely a factor uh from this episode going forward this is the first uh appearance of them gotcha okay so um i'm 90 percent sure mm-hmm. uh, so there are turrets in this game yeah. uh, they are they are turrets they make a very distinct audio cue so you know when they can see you mm-hmm. the way the game uses them to be tricky is putting them above or below you on the z-axis yeah so you don't necessarily uh you know, know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they'll, they'll wreck you up there. You, you yeah. want to deal with them. They like, they, they are specifically area denial and very effective area denial at that. Yeah. Um, you want to peek around a corner and snipe them. Yes. If possible. Yeah. Uh, good use for the hunting rifle. One of one, one of those shots would take it out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like just, you know, it's a big open area. And what you're trying to do is get at the heart of this facility uh, and to see the thresher. Um, and to proceed, you have to open up the maintenance access and get down into the awful chute. Um, yes. Some lore here. Uh, the thresher is, a, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's a machine for pigs, Gary. Yes. Uh, you know, they, 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 they figured out, okay, we can get, we can get some power by doing sacrifice. Well, what if we industrialized sacrifice? And that's yes. what the thresher is. And you're going to be inside of this machine. And it looks incredible. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, because we're going down into mission four, the infernal machine, mm-hmm. which is a long fall. Yeah. And when you break, it's dark. And your finger, without thinking about it, reaches over to the F key. Mm-hmm. And you just get that. You break your flashlight. Yep. Uh, message. And this happens a couple <clears throat> times in the game. It's never bad. Yep. You're almost never in danger. You almost never fight mm-hmm. without. Yeah, I mean, but you almost feels... always like find one right away. But fairly it's, it, you know, yeah. fairly quickly, but it is still just enough time in an unfamiliar space to, to, to feel like terrified. Yeah. Like I'm so used to that flashlight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I love the way that it, again, it feels like it has huge consequence, but if you, you know, know it's a paper tiger, mm-hmm. you know, you're actually okay. It's not yeah. playing dirty pool. It's not doing anything unfair. Yeah. Well, it's not punishing you for a decision that the game made. Yeah. 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 No real punishment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this level, it starts out very, very cramped. You know, you like, you know, this is this is a maze level. You're navigating these chutes and tunnels, and there's an awful lot of like getting into a place where a body ought not be, at least not an intact body, um, and avoiding these pistons. Like this level is very trappy, very yeah. trap heavy. Yep. Can kind of sense fortress ask like walking, you know, between pistons are going through, or there will be blades. <laughs> Uh, that are moving, mm-hmm. you know, the side that will chew you up, but they're fairly easy to avoid. But they're they're I just, there. I, I love the area where like you're looking down at a bunch of at a bunch of cultists, and they're the the uh, the the spinning blades, and they're just like being pinballed in between them. Yep, yeah. yep, idiots, um, <laughs> morons. So you you, you, you uh, climb to the top of this uh, shaft until you get to this like you know visually this game is incredible yeah um and sometimes there are just like moments that kind of take your breath away that you're not expecting and this is yeah. one of those things the reasons why i want people to play the game yeah. is to listen to stuff. Th- this know, is like something to, out of control <laughs> it's it yeah it is the visual so you you go down this chamber with this spinning blade maw at every step of the way you know multiple blades mm-hmm. spinning as like kind of a spiral thing you're walking into yeah it just looks incredible mm-hmm. like i stopped and took pictures a lot of this kind of stuff when I, when I was playing the game. Yeah. Uh, and this was one of the first ones and just like my jaw dropped. I'm like, yeah. this is so cool looking. Very powerful geometries happen. Yes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you reach the end of this and you pick up the, uh, you pick up the blue, the blue card and it spawns a ton of enemies, enemies, enemies behind you. I think it even yep. brings back like it's a, a specific mixture of the homing cultists and uh, the fork maidens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, and they all have just complete un, uninterrupted line of sight on you. Yeah, you can actually. So they, it, they well, have you can drop down. You. Yeah, you can drop down to this like below section mm-hmm. uh, and either scoop by them or use it as cover. Yes, which will work. But uh, the music kicks up. You're supposed to just you know well, pick up your weapons so, and fight. Yes. <laughs> um, there is a secret weapon, a secret exit to this that is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit again of a fun troll, kind of like a the Great Hollow. Mm-hmm. Like you find a destructible wall and there's another one behind it. Yep. And uh, you have to, you know, if you don't have an explosive, you have to keep searching for these, mm-hmm. um, which introduces the foundry. Yes. Um, which is an interesting level. It's like a platforming 
level mostly. Yeah. So there, there uses lots of jump pads in a way that they haven't been used before. Um, and you know, it's a foundry. You've got um, molten metal. You've got mm -hmm. lava that you're trying to uh, st st stay away from. And this is like the introduction of a uh, power-up that lets you walk in the lava. Yeah. Uh, but there are like really no enemies here. There are, there are very few of them. Um, like th that's not what this level is about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, it, it is it is pretty interesting. You know, there's not a lot of enemies, which I like. I think it's mostly about navigation. Mm -hmm. um, overshadowed a little bit by the actual Mission 5, the Escher Labs. Yeah. Um, I like I like it yeah, that. like this is this is extremely cool. Yeah, and the name gives it away, but still. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean it's not cool, right? Uh, um, so, in contrast to inside of the machine that harvests blood, uh, you are in this uh, sterile office area. Is how it begins. Uh, you know, there's mm -hmm. a there, there, there's a receptionist desk. It's manned by a soldier. You know, you, you know, they've got the the portrait of the cult leader back here. They've got the PC playing dusk. It's very good. Mm -hmm. um uh, very half-life vibes yes yeah yeah um so you're kind of making your way through here just fighting normal enemies we fought like the the fat guys soldiers etc mm -hmm. um we get to we go through this into the shielded room and there's a new artifact new power up in the center and a voice says like go ahead and take it take the power get a taste of the power um and getting it gives you super hot mode yeah which is just called that it's shameless <laughs> um and it just it literally just says time moves when you do mm-hmm um, and it is an FPS uh, with this kind of enemy and area design where sometimes you have the super hot power. Yeah. Um, and there's a real tactical consideration on this because um, it affects your reload speed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, faster firing weapons are better. Yes. Uh, in this mode. And you need to keep your head on a swivel, which takes up no time mm -hmm. looking around just to avoid all the projectiles. Yes. So, um, but pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And this will show up in a couple of different encounters later. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, but like what I love about this is, you know, you've been proceeding through these labs at a certain point as you're trying to, as you get back to the main hallway, like you get a little, uh, you get a little dialogue line, your inner, you know, inner monologue narration says like, Hey, something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and like you start looking around the lab isn't like it was when you came in. Yes. The geometry is getting weirder and weirder. Like the hallway starts getting radially twisted. Uh, yeah. You enter like a teleporter labeled don't. <laughs> I love the teleporter, the don't. Yeah. Like when it first starts getting weird, like it's great because it doesn't just flip gravity. Like you'll go into a room and a desk will be on the ground, but a chair will also be on the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> like it's not just like you flipped. Right. Um, and that teleport just says don't, which is, you know, again, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Uh, you go into it and you end up in like a giant rib cage. It's, it's like a rib boat. <laughs> yeah. You're in the flush, flush zone for a second. Yeah. Just Bloody to grab a space. Card. Yeah. Yeah. I think there might be a Wendigo in here. Mm, yep. Um, no, there are a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because you can grab the key card and get out and they'll chase you. Like enemies can use teleporters as well. Yeah. So like running away from this thing and then just hearing the <sighs> <sighs> like, you know, breathing behind me as it teleported behind me is yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it is. So like there, there's straight up like Escher stuff where, you know, stairs that you can't really, you know, walk on or navigate because, you know, gravity doesn't necessarily change it always points down it's the the stage that changes around you um and eventually you get to like a void with some floating fragments of floor you know yep. it's like a, everything is kind of breaking apart and it's all around this central chamber which has a has a boss inside 
Um, yep. They're just straight up the toughest enemy. Uh, yeah. T- toughest enemy yep. type. Uh, it's, uh, the, These are the, 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 the Sultans of Hell or whatever from Doom. <laughs> yeah. Like. So the, the enemy type is called Cowgirl, uh, but this uh, this one is called Mama. Uh, and she comes out and you have to deal with her very quickly. Yeah. She's a DPS race. Yeah. Um, or you can, so there's a couple different ways to deal with her. Um, it's tricky. The arena is really difficult. Yeah. The way these enemies work is they make, again, this like kind of moaning sound and this metallic, like a rusty wheelbarrow, mm-hmm. you know, kind of being pushed around. Rustier, um, rustier. Rustier, rustier. Uh, they shoot uh, missiles. They shoot rivets mm-hmm. at you uh, with huge AOEs. Yeah. And, but they have to bend over to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like they, sh- they bend over and then like shoot it out of their face, essentially. Yeah. So you can kind of see when it's happening. Um, the trick is to never let them have a sight line on you, mm-hmm. which is really hard in this encounter yeah like you can kind of juke her around the middle platform but you have to be very careful with your footing yeah um and you can dps race her if you have enough health yeah because she will hit you and you will get knocked (laughs) around which is really dangerous because you're on these floating platforms right Um, Um, and now these are just about (laughs) we now have these enemies and they're they're always just mini bosses unheralded mixed in they will mess you up yep yeah uh they are an emergency yeah so prioritize them <laughs> um the next level uh we go into i love this level yep uh the uh the erebus reactor yep um which is another it's very similar to the nameless city or any of those levels where it's just one big uh area mm-hmm. where you go in and out yeah uh, of things um there's not as much in there is some mm-hmm. in this but it's a big uh, reactor room where the floor is opening up to reveal lava mm-hmm. um and you are just kind of making your way around this incredibly dense area full of enemies trying to find the proper key cards to escape. Right. Uh, you have mama enemies thrown out in gen pop right away, yeah. um, which makes, you know, like, I don't know, <laughs> like normally getting up above, like there are catwalks up there mm-hmm. uh, that you can get to. And there are enemies who are sniping you down. Normally that would be incredibly empowering. No, it leaves you really open to these. things. Yeah. It's not, you need to be down where there's cover. Yeah. You know, you need to be juking one of these uh, around one of the buildings. Mm-hmm. But you have to be constantly, like, watching your, your feet yeah. uh, here. And enemies, you know, again, the fact that they have no range to their their vision, just angles, mm-hmm. you know, there are soldiers up on those catwalks. Yeah. So you're just going to have bullets being rained down on you. Mm-hmm. It's a real kind of order order of operations yeah. level. Like, prioritizing enemies and starting to, like, methodically clear them out kind of class by class. This took an awful lot of, um, took an awful lot of tries for me. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. this is a hard level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like it. Yeah. Um, eventually though, you do, uh, get outside into this kind of impossibly large cavern, uh, with, uh, with like straight up nuclear cooling towers around, um, and you get to this control room and you press a button. This isn't a cavern. It's like a gigantic city sized hangar. Uh, yeah. it opens up the roof to reveal daylight in these just like eight or nine skyscrapers. This does not comport with like the the farmlands that you began with like you would yeah. see you would see this from miles away yeah you have you have moved through you know moving through the escher labs yes has done something something's changed you know, yeah something has changed the uh, first area you go in here before you open this up i think is a direct level design uh nod to the airport base in deus ex one oh yeah where there are those four towers in the corner oh, uh, yeah. on your way to get to the uh, lebedev mm-hmm. that's what that feels like yeah um, when you make a move for this giant elevator tower, a boss pops out of the door. Yeah. A comedy boss. Comedy boss. Big John. <laughs> Big John, uh, who speaks in Arnold Schwarzenegger, like voice quips. Yeah. This is pulled. Yeah. Like this is a straight up transplant from the rise of the triad 
uh, remix. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and this, uh, the face is the marketing guy. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, the, the partner with him is, is stretched over his face, yeah. but he just, you, you, you shoot this guy and he just goes, come on, kill me, <laughs> you know, kind of over and over. Yeah. Uh, you have such an arena mm-hmm. that this guy is not difficult. No. Uh, but still kind of funny. Yeah. You can, funny. you can, you can do a lot of, uh, <laughs> like it took me a couple of tries on him. The big thing for me was to soften him up with, uh, with mortar, uh, with grenades yeah. because he doesn't attack until you go into that, uh, go into the hallway. So just like leave him a little trap and then <laughs> lure him out into it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can also just run by him. Right. Um, we didn't really talk about it. There's a slide in this game, like a crouch slide. Yeah. yeah. And that will go under enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually just run and crouch slide past them and, and get, yeah past him and not fight him if you'd like yeah uh but the exit here uh is to basically take an elevator you have to take this jump pad that flings you impossibly high up this shaft mm-hmm. um way up above the skyline in this elevator yeah. tower doing weird stuff with space yes yeah. uh into mission seven neo babel mm-hmm. uh yeah so you're up here like basically in a t- I don't even know what this is. It's like the top of a space elevator almost. And it's a combination of temples and labs high on a platform in a yellow sky. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, pretty cool looking. Yes. You know, uh, at the, uh, at the very least, mm-hmm. um, I don't have a lot of concrete memories of this level. This one kind of runs together for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, which mo- it's, it's mostly, you know, like a, a couple of big buildings that you have to get into. Um, the big trick here that I think they overdo is when you grab keys or when you grab something, just enemies will spawn in around you. Um, yeah. and specifically like uh, new enemies will be, will be waiting for you when you leave a building. Yeah. Uh, like just kind of in an ambush as it goes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's more um, like the, 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 the statement, the statement that this makes is more visual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the, uh, I like the temple aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. To it quite a bit. It's like um, something out of Hexen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the uh, publisher of this game did another game, A Medieval, which is mm-hmm. on my list to check out, uh, which is another throwback. If this, you know, looks at Quake and Doom and and, and stuff, that looks at Hexen and Heretic, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. I love Hexen and Heretic very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Um, this moves on after you uh, beat this, after you get the, those keys and, and spawn it, you move on to uh, Mission 8, Blood and Bone, um, which is another, like, kind of hell facility mm-hmm. here. Um, and the, uh, the big thing you're kind of looking for, um, as, uh, you know, at the top of this, once you get to the top of it is this big Tesla tower, mm-hmm. this big lightning tower. Yeah. This is what's powering the artifacts, um, yes. including the, uh, including your crossbow bolts. Yep. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is a good, like inside outside thing. This is, uh, introduces, or there might've been some in the last level, um, platforms like graded platforms you can walk on that enemies can shoot through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kind of a pain. Like you have to kind of snipe them through it and it is hard to see them, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes exactly. Um, but you know, manageable. Yeah. Good, good opportunity to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you get way to the top of this level, uh, you know, to the top of this, uh, Tesla tower and fall down a hole and you're falling down this charge power line. Uh, basically what it feels like as far below the ground as you got above the ground. Yes. Um, you're falling long enough for like the voice that has been beckoning you to, you know, to talk to you saying like, Hey, uh, you know, they're taking something that has never been taken before. Yeah. Which is cool. That's yeah. evocative and great. <laughs> um, the, uh, and that the, the visuals of you falling 
mm-hmm. like the red rings you're zooming past. Yep. Like just really trippy, like you're like on Space Mountain or something. I, I mean, it's it's like specifically like the toward the end of uh, 2001 almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, really, really phenomenal looking. Love it. Um, when you land, your flashlight breaks. Of course. Ah, um, damn it. I fell on my keys. <laughs> I can't I keep falling on my flashlight, which would hurt. Uh, yes. Um, and, uh, there's some invisible demons down there. It's one of the few times you have to do combat before mm-hmm. you get your flashlight back. Yeah. Um, but it's still like well lit. You're not fighting invisible demons in the dark. It's, it's a good set piece. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and if and, worse, uh, worse comes to worse, I think it, at this point I turned up the gamma to get around yeah. this. Like, oh, fuck, it's a PC game. I can change that. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> change it that much. Right. Which is, is worth noting. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can change it, but it, it's, you, it will never totally, you know, fix the darkness. Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, cat lady's <laughs> next episode, buddy. To fix the darkness. The, the darkness. Um, so the, uh, so the message, uh, as you, you, there's a spiral staircase again, another just like going down, which is something I'm just a sucker for in games, yeah, yeah. you know, like just going down over and over and over further than you think you should be able to go down, mm-hmm. um, is you get a message that says the ruins held knowledge. We sold our souls for it. Altars built of concrete fed with bone and blood. Burma shit. Just kind of telling a little bit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Let's say it's exactly. all, it's all in installations as you, as you go down yeah. the spiral. Christ, Christ, Christ in, uh. You know, Christ is our Lord, John 316. Um, <clears throat> and you exit uh, the level when you get to the, it opens up at the end. You activate this machine that harvests that power. Yes. From uh, this gigantic heart-like organ. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is where I want one of the areas where I got into, uh, got out of bounds. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get behind this as you're, uh, as, as, as you're dealing with it and you can get the, you shouldn't be here. Please leave message yeah. in a texture. Um, and this opens up into uh, the dig, uh, the yep. penultimate mission here of episode uh, two. Uh, you're falling into this excavation site um, mm-hmm. and it quickly transitions into this kind of underground castle like area of dungeons. The keys are no longer key cards like you're getting a skeleton keys. Yeah. Uh, the first one you yeah. get is on this amazing void overlook. Yeah, it's it's right next to like a processing facility. There are these like Infinite Factory, yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of things, and you go outside and it's just endless black. Yeah, yeah, outside. Yeah, which is just you know again, chef kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, you make make your way through there, and we get a, a uh, again another joke. Yes, of this game where you get into a circular chamber uh, and you fight Son of Intoxicator, <laughs> uh, and the the text comes up and says, "Oh come on." Yeah, uh, very funny. But then you know again the actual joke. Uh-huh. After you beat that open the door, yep. uh, you fight two mamas at the same time. Yep. The twins. Uh, yep. And what's great is the two of them uh, mostly deal with each other. Like yep. they will start off fighting or they can be very quickly goaded into uh, into attacking each other. And they have such a wide, um, you know, AOE yeah. on their attack. It's very easy to get them to clip one another. Yeah. So just bunny hop around them and they'll, you know. Yep. And it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, we're introduced to the final level of this, which I don't think is very good. Um, yeah. I don't like this level that much. Uh, the gauntlet. It's not great. Yeah, this is annoying. Um, this is basically a boss fight. Like you start off getting resupplied. Mm-hmm. There are two teleporters, each of which has a small maze with two switches in it. Right. And when you go in there, it spawns an enemy called the Guardian. Right. Uh, who's this big reptile man? Um, and his he does so much damage. He fires <sighs> cluster bombs of grenades. Um, and at first I was like, well, he'll follow me. If I go back to the main level. I have a lot of room to like circle straight them and stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do this. This is no, where you, you want to fight no. them in the corridors with you know, shooting the crossbow mm-hmm. through the, uh, through the corners. 
it's kind uh, of the only way to do it. Like I just yeah. get, getting him into the center is a lose condition. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, like we talked about this before with boss fights where the way to make it possible is not very fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's an easy way to do this, but it wasn't very fun to kind of like just juke him around these corners. Yeah. yeah I don't think the guardian is like a, a great designed like the the boss in this game are not the highlights no no in general like they're they're sometimes pretty fun but and, and like and like the, the the end of bosses of this are very good but yeah yeah, yeah agreed but the, this is not great no no uh and like the like the way that the language of the level is telling you to deal with them like you know you get into these mazes and it's full of you know riveter ammo and you have um the uh the, the haste pick, uh, the haste power-ups like it is mm-hmm. telling you like just lo- uh, unload on him with rockets but like if you are in a position to do that he is in a position to out rocket you mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, yep. um, and you like, you kind of have to deal with him. He will follow you, uh, you know, like, so you have to press all these switches and you could, you know, get around and outrun him. Something that's been happening, um, in some of these levels as you've gone on is, uh, there will be arrays of switches and you have to like input a combination on them. Mm-hmm. And it's really yeah. easy to like trial and error your way through it. Just you have to, you know, you've got three buttons. There are like nine combinations, just cycle through. You're good. Um, after you press all four of these buttons and open up the main path out, um, the actual exit to the level that unlocks the portal, um, is blocked by a four switch, um, combination pad. Uh, you cannot really do that with, with, uh, with the guardian breathing down your neck. Uh, you theoretically so, could if you knew exactly what to do. Well, yeah, but it'd you be know, difficult. Like if you're just yeah. coming at this the first time though, you like the, the game is saying like, no, you cannot get past him. You know, you need to. Yeah take him out so you have the time to do this we want to fight him but we don't want to have a door that just opens when an enemy dies right right you know um and there there's a couple of those like little switch puzzle things that are subversive tricks yeah like the one that releases the second boss of the first episode Mm -hmm. it looks like it's one of those switch puzzles but any combination opens it right you know it's just there to give you the feeling of that but and kind of induce some panic but it's not actually a thing Mm -hmm. you know um once you uh get through this um, we go through this flashing red tunnel to the next episode. Um, definitely the most ambitious yes. of these three. Mm-hmm. Um, episode three, The Nameless City. This opens up with a text crawl that pretty much just amounts to the only thing that's left is to continue into the heart of this nameless city. Yep, continue to go forward because video game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts with a really interesting level, uh, the Iron Cathedral. Um, this is the time where you most feel your weapons taken away. Yes. Um, you know, because you can go into, there's a little secret where you can get the uh, crossbow here, but mostly you get the sword. Right. The sword, which is a silent takedown. Um, you know, enemies will be facing away from you. Um, and you're introduced to the kind of advanced sword mechanics. <laughs> uh, so you can charge up your slashes when you're over 100 health, which is good. Yep. Like you can pretty which much one-shot un- everything. 
yep, one shot everything. And you can block if you're at over 50 morale. Right. Um, and that will take some of your morale, like mm -hmm. a meter, but it will stop any attack. Mm -hmm. um, um, that's very cool. Yeah. And it introduces like swordsman enemies that you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. like, the, like that is the best way to do it. Yep. These uh, the, they, they will rush you down, mm -hmm. you know, kind of screaming and rush you down, stop, take a sword swing and then move towards and do another one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to kind of it's not parry. You have to like block these guys and counterattack. Yes. In kind of a melee mm -hmm. rhythm, which is real weird for this game. Like this yeah. starts with a stealth section that turns into a melee section. Yeah. You can really feel them kind of stretching, <laughs> you know, possibility here. Yeah. Again, episode three, two thirds of the way through this. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Um. So, you know, just uh, you've got the exploding chainmail enemy swordsman, uh, which are going to flex that. I don't know what their name is. I can look. Are they the priestesses? Uh, they're know. priestesses. Yes, they're the priestesses. Um, you also get to the pedestal where the crossbow is normally found. Um, and the game kind of just nudges you if you forgot about this uh, and reminds you that, like, yes, the, the this thing does pierce. You've got yeah. this, you know, the the whole rest of the level is just tight corridors full of these wizards. Yep. And you want to be conserving your ammo because you've had to reset your armory. Yeah. There. Um, <laughs> it ends with kind of a mini boss. Um, this dog without legs that's stuck in a wooden frame. Yeah. It's, it's literally cart just dog. called cart dog. <laughs> cart dog. <laughs> um, it and, moves very fast. It is undeterred yeah, by geometry. They do really, they do tons of damage to you. Yeah. They charge you and they're really hard to dodge. The trick to them is getting them on a different Z-axis. Yeah. Uh, stairs are the enemy of the cart dog. Yes. Because no enemy will walk over a ledge and fall. Right. Every enemy will seek stairs. Mm -hmm. So if it's a melee enemy, stairs are your friend. Yes. Um, and when you kill it, it says bad dog. <laughs> uh, and they are bad dogs. Yeah. The rare uh, bad dog. Yeah. The rare, there are so many bad dogs. Dude. I know. Yeah. I know. It seems like all dogs go to heaven, but I think that probably like... 49% go to hell. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, in fiction. Oh, yeah. In real life, like, <laughs> yeah, dogs are good. Yeah. You know, they make their heaven wish. Well, yeah. Like a big bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. I don't know where you're going with that, buddy. I was just thinking about what a dog might make for its heaven wish, my dude. Okay. All right. No, yeah. Lots of food. We've been recording for a while. Large <laughs> leg to hump. Yep. Perhaps. <sighs> um, yeah. Uh, anywho. Uh, this enters into M2 Fire and Ice, which is a huge level. Mm -hmm. um, really, really uh, tons of visual striking, uh, visually striking kind of areas. The beginning, these like series of platforms uh, into these lava lakes mm -hmm. with enemies down there that you can kind of snipe before you you make your way down. Uh, what you're doing to get all the way down to the bottom to get these keys so you can eventually go up. Yes. Go all, all the right. way up to uh, a snowy mountain on top of yep. the snowy plateau. Mm-hmm um uh so uh, you, you want to get into a hidden area to get a mortar because yes. i mean again you're still dealing with your limited uh your, your your limited arsenal like explosions are useful yeah it's it's not until the next level that you kind of get your full arsenal back right um and you when you're up on top of the snow area with these ruined outbuildings there are four kind of corners of the outbuildings that have switches in them mm -hmm. um hitting all three opens up this cage as the red key you're also going to get the hunting rifle uh, up here, which you want, mm -hmm. because this introduces the flying enemies. Yep, bone monks. Bone monks. Uh, they're kind of like torsos with arms mm -hmm. uh, that kind of float around shooting things at you, making like a, a scream. Yeah. 
uh, at you. Um, these are emergencies. <laughs> They're not as tanky as like some of the other emergency enemies. Right. But you want to take them out because they can get you from any angle, really. Yeah. And they appear in, they appear in numbers. Huge swarms. Yeah. Yeah. Like this basically is a storm. Like mm-hmm. you're in the snow. It's like almost whiteout conditions. Yeah. And you'll just see like a whole bunch of these. No, I didn't even deal with these guys. I got what I needed and I got back below ground. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I cannot handle this. Yeah. Not yeah. today. <laughs> not to Gil. No. <laughs> um, this allows you, the red key will allow you to go to the exit to go to a really like pretty amazing level. Yeah. Um, um, probably like my favorite classification of levels, you know, like kind of talking about these all in, in order. There's like, you know, indoor facilities and caverns. Mm-hmm. There is the indoor outdoor mix up. Yeah. Kind of things. And then there's these like city block levels. Yeah. Um, and that's what this is. And those are probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, this is the city of shadows. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 this is good. Um, and the way yeah. that it changes uh, as as it go along, it might be the only time that I've liked a water level puzzle in a game. What's well, because the water doesn't matter, right? Like enemies don't react to it. You right. barely react to it. It I just know. means you can go on a Z axis. Yeah, it's basically flying mode. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh, you start out in this uh, you know stone and mortar tunnel uh, tunnel that is full of soldier corpses. So they they got as far as you know as far as here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here you get an assault rifle. You're gonna need it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like you are in this castle keep, like you are within the walls, um, fighting between these small buildings. Uh, and as you go around, uh, you got these bone monks that are coming around raining hell down on you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and things keep getting, uh, unleashed yep. <laughs> in this level, like going into one of these outbuildings and opening something up will spawn more enemies in the main kind of castle zone yeah here um your main goal here is to go into the well well of course it tells you don't go down the well yeah but you have to go down the well yeah and there is a optional boss like i've never fought the chomper oh Uh, i fought the chomper yeah yeah did you fight the chomper and chomper (laughs) won yeah yeah. well no i fought the chomper and i I won um but but then he also releases the son of chomper chomper's son yeah many Uh, many chompers start showing up yes yeah which i did fight well, yeah, but the actual chopper, I just swam past yeah. water levels make me nervous. <laughs> well, that's why I engaged with it. I, I leaned into the pain. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you're, you're down here and to, you know, to get out, you have to press the switch um, and you know, the water level rises up, flooding the city and letting the chomper, you know, and, and chomper's sons get out, get out of you um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and follow. Uh, you've got to rise all the way up to the top of this cathedral here. Uh, the chomper is like, it's like a big spherical fish. Like it's yes. kind of ludicrous. Yeah. It's kind of ludifisk. <laughs> um, the. <laughs> Dumb. No, it's smart. Um, the, uh... <laughs> so after you kind of swim through the ruins to get past the uh, chomper and stuff, you get into the next level. Yeah. I uh, hear the crypt of the flesh, mm. uh, which is our final no flashlight zone. Yeah. Um, it introduces, you know, in a, in, a, in a game without the Wendigo, the hand sound, the scariest enemy. Also, maybe arguably, uh, I, I mean, the scariest enemy. I mean, this the 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 look of these things. Um, you know, so like how you describe them. Obviously, the face stands out. Uh, they seem like munches the scream to me, or munches the scream. Yeah, yeah, specifically in the face, but even just like their bodies. Their bodies kind of are kind of like um, you know, the Mister Show sketch where the 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 kid yeah, the uh, cigar, the ti- yeah, the Titanica face first next time, <laughs> face first, yeah, exactly first next time. Yeah, yeah. no, just where where the where the Titanica fan, Metallica fan, uh, dips himself in acid, and his body is just like little hot dogs. That's kind of what their yeah. bodies look like. 
Yeah. yeah. After your song, Try Suicide, I tried suicide. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, and they just run at you screaming, kind of waving their arms like Kermit. <laughs> When Kermit's really yeah. excited. Yeah. Uh, and it's somehow the scariest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> I honestly have no idea, like, how these things manage to be so scary. Part of it's just the sound, like, them struggling to breathe through. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the rasping that really gets it. Yeah. Like, yikes. They, they don't, yeah. I mean, like, they don't do that much damage. Nope. They're just, they're just kind of there to, to, to startle you. Yeah. Uh, and to be extremely scary. <laughs> So real scary. Yeah. Um, uh, but they've, they've got like a, like a, um, that's like a breath attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super scary. <laughs> uh, other than that though, this is just like a, a catacomb kind of underground tunnel level. Yeah. You know, they're the main course yeah. in terms of terror yeah. and interest. <laughs> Uh, and also it's a lot of what you're, you're going to see here in uh, episode three until stuff goes really off the rails. Um, we get like the first major clue that I had that, that actually caught, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that actually caught about, about what's going on here. It's pretty on the nose though. You get into this catacombs and you see a message written in blue, um, over a notable pickup. I forget what it is, but it's like a weapon or a key it says the chaos crawls to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not there aren't tons of clues yeah. about that before this either. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's uh is that also the villain of Quake? I, I no, know the, the the villain of Quake is Yog Sothoth. Yeah, Yog Sothoth. So that's yeah. obviously what this is yeah. kind of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we'll we'll get to it. Yeah. So um but yeah, the, it's uh it's starting to, to kind of introduce that idea mm-hmm. um to you. Um I love the trick that this does though. Um I will always enjoy when uh built structures turn into organic ones. Yes. Give me those yeah, flesh yeah. walls. Yeah. Someday I'm getting real life. I'm going to open a door and then the walls on the other side are just going to be blood. <laughs> and that will be it for me. Yep. Nope. They're yeah. just going to take well, you away. Sure. Yeah. Time to go. Yep. Time, time for dead. <laughs> my whole uh, <laughs> planet needs me. Yep. Come out. Because <laughs> uh, it is a very scary, unnerving thing. And I, I also really always love it. Yeah. It's like a highlight. It's weird. It's like a highlight in Final Fantasy V even. Yeah. <laughs> like it is, it's, it's, you know, no matter how bland a game is, it can be a cool thing that happens. Yeah. If you open a door in a made space and it's, it's Silent Hill's trick. Body. Love it. Yep. It's good. <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah. Um, uh, lots of flying enemies uh, here. Yeah. And we're introduced to uh, these new enemies, these uh, kind of skull. I mean, He's a, like it, it, it kind of. I mean, calling them skulls. Uh, well, they shoot skulls at the, you. Yeah, skull they, shooter. Yeah, so they're called bone balls. Uh, yeah. They, they, they what they look like is big floating porous amoebas that just yeah. scream and spin and shoot skulls in every direction. Same. <laughs> like just you know, it just it. These things are twenty twenty mood <laughs> uh, all over. I love them. <laughs> I um, want, they're I really scary. Yeah. <laughs> they're extremely scary. Yeah. Uh, again, just scary sound design. They're loud. Yeah. You know, making your weapons really loud and then also making the enemies very loud. Yeah. Loud is the key, mm-hmm. folks. If you're designing a game yeah. and you want it to feel good and be scary. I mean, it can't all be loud. There's contrast, you know? Yeah, but a lot of it can be loud. <laughs> you make most of it loud. Yeah, most of it can be loud. Like yeah. things that are big should be, you know, scary that should be loud. Scary mm-hmm. and loud. Yeah. It's good. Quiet and scary is good as well. Uh-huh. Scary and loud. Yeah. Good. Um, there is a, the secret level is really well hidden. There's a bathroom. Right. And you have to flush yourself down the level. Well, okay. So it is a modern bathroom embedded in a place called the Crypt of the Flesh. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, just a human bathroom. Yeah, um, and like the, there's a there's a blood message written above it saying "flush your sins away." Uh, yeah. which is supposed to tell you stand on the toilet and flush it. Not only can you flush like the bar of soap or any physics object down, you can flush yourself. Yes. Yep. Uh, and this enters the uh, hidden level for this episode, the radicomes, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of about, uh, again, this is why it makes me think that they know that the, the rat enemies are annoying. Oh, I mean like this is the third episode. So like people probably complained enough when exactly. they released the first two, they're like, okay, <laughs> so, so you like donuts, it. huh? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and you have to use the mortar. You have to use AOEs because yeah. these things are a real pain. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I love that the boss is just a scaled up rat. Yep. Uh, known <laughs> as the many as one. So it's just the, the torment rat. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's literally just the, the rat. It's, it's or the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it just charges um, at you furiously. Like it's bigger, but it's behavior is not any different. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, really cute. This, I think is the level. One of the levels is explicitly designed after a dungeon in torment. Um, mm. I think this is the one that's possible. It's kind yeah. of hard to tell because it's, you know, 3d you know, space versus person. 2d space yeah. and stuff. But, I could, I could see it. I could see it being, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, and you exit by flushing yourself in another toilet. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, to get to, uh, blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you start, <laughs> things are very quickly not holding. Uh, yeah. very, very quickly beginning to not hold. You start in this like large floating Island under a red sky. I don't know. There shouldn't be sky down here. It's, it is, they're doing, and it sounds arbitrary and it's not. No, they're doing, no. There's, this is the beginning of them starting to remix space yeah. in a way that is trying to emulate the genre. Yeah. Like trying to add a little cosmic horror to the more visceral horror mm-hmm. of this and make you feel an uncanny sense of like, I'm not in the right spot. No. No. So, so, so something is manipulating me. Things are not working. It is not just Escher Labs. In fact, things yes. have not been normal since then. Exactly. <laughs> like something happened when I went in there yeah. and exposure to this corrupting force and stuff yeah. has done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, ends, there's a, you know, a big church in the middle and there are four buttons that are next to some weapons mm-hmm. that spawn, um, you know, a, 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 a different type of enemy mm-hmm. basically. Um, and if you, uh, you have to take out those enemies and then hit the next button. Yeah. And that opens the church. Yep. Opens up this gigantic cathedral, you know, again, and they're just smack dab in the center of this featureless floating continent kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go inside and you press a button that spawns this unholy altar. Um, and you get like in-game dialogue saying, shoot it, shoot it. Like it's your, you know, it's your character saying, Hey, this cannot be, this cannot yeah. exist. Um, Kill it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when you kill it, you get a message that says like the smell of rotting meat, uh, Watson. Yeah. Uh, and a gigantic meat tomato or like, you know, <laughs> meat tomato, meat tornado. Yeah. Uh, starts coming through like yeah. this, the like, huge bloody, it's it, like I, scary tornado. Yeah. And so it, it, <laughs> it, it is a tor- It is a blood tornado, the size of a, uh, of a painkiller enemy. Yes. Uh, that comes yeah. barreling across the stage and you have to get out of the way. Yes. It took me a kind of an embarrassing amount of time to figure out what to do. Yeah. Yeah. About this. Um, I didn't realize it didn't take up the whole Island. I didn't realize like, it didn't a, follow me. Yeah. Exactly. Well, without a point of reference, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell, yeah. you know, um, exactly. So you, you just have to get out of the way and watch it level the church. Yeah. Um, interesting speed running trick of this, uh, because the church can be destructed, um, it can actually be destroyed with the bar of soap. 
<laughs> so you can throw the bar of soap at the back of the church to bust through the wall and then climb. And if it lands the right way, it'll bust open the hole in the wall as well. Or the oh, hole in the floor. So good. And you just skip the whole thing <laughs> and just go down there, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but just the visuals of this gigantic tornado, incredibly cool. Yeah. Um, and this beautiful uh, stained glass staircase. Mm, oh, so good. That you're going down. Like, it's just incredibly cool. Like, you get a backpack full of ammo, which refills all your ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a new item. And you can either slowly make your way down this staircase, or you can jump down it and have another, yeah, there's you no know, fall 2001. Yeah. There's no fall damage. Of course, there's, like, be crazy. <laughs> there's fall damage in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just, uh, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It just looks so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's and falling like, down this thing. There's just a whole nother level down there. Like mm-hmm. it's like a mini level where you've got to, you know, get some keys and stuff. Huge variety of variety of enemies. Like, th- like there are no stops left. They have pulled yeah. them all out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get down there, uh, you go through this blue corridor and we enter a kind of a, a stopgap level here. Yeah. Um, is making our way into the final phase of the game. Right. Um, this is the brimstone ghetto, which is kind of a corrupted decaying city block. Yeah. Um, and not just like, oh, the buildings are rotten or whatever, like biomes are starting to mix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a big thing coming soon, Mm -hmm. but here there's not a whole lot to say about this level. Like you kind of go in and out of buildings in and out of the underground tunnels, Mm -hmm. um, run into a lot of those horrors, those like screaming scream guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of comes through as we kind of like segue through, like we get to the rural, rural biome, you know, we're like, yes. in, like in the forest, we see, you know, scarecrows and stuff. We're fighting, um, the, the fork mains again, like some graffiti says, welcome back very ominously. Yeah. Which the, they took a break from the fork maidens. They yeah. weren't at all in episode two or barely in episode one, uh, yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this introduces us to, uh, homecoming. Yeah. Mission seven. Yeah, where the malevolent force says, hey, why don't we send you back to the past? <laughs> well, yep. Why don't we take you back to your childhood? Yep. Uh, where you are in this spacey, scary version of like this, like floating islands in this green haze. It's like with an, barns it, and trees. It's like a non-twisted uh, version of the Milkman conspiracy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bunch of floating islands with like farmhouses and stuff. And the voice laughs saying like, hey, welcome home. Here you are. Um, yep. and one of the ways that it, you know, space breaks, you know, at least th- this happened for me when you walk over one of these plank bridges that connects the islands, you, you know, if it breaks and you fall, you don't die though. Instead you just fall and then you respawn back at the top of the map and then yeah. you can just steer your fall to land on terra firma again. Yeah, so you, you loop, loop around. It's a, it's like a, it's like asteroids. Yes. Um, which is the big gimmick of this, this level. Yeah. So you're interacting with these familiar spaces. You know, you've seen kind of familiar, familiar biomes at least, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, now familiar spaces are coming soon <laughs> um, as you kind of make your way uh, through this until you get into uh, the house and the way they do the enemies in this. I really like too. Mm-hmm. I love going around a corner in a house and finding the skull amoeba thing. Yep. Like just, it shouldn't <laughs> be inside. Nope. You know, they built a house around it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> the, just like the one that's in the barn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. Like, that's so scary mm-hmm. to me. Um, but just finding these, like, weird floating, just, like, video game object. Yeah. You can click on, like, a save point in a minor JRPG or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you click on it, and it rotates gravity 90 degrees. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you're falling across the world. <laughs> yeah, like, you, can, and you, you can't die from this, but you have to jump from island to island, like... On the sides to, of trees. Uh, like Titanfall 2. Yeah. Like the, uh, you know, the level, the the factory level. Yeah. You're kind of playing of Plinko with the trees. 
that you're yeah. falling across, you know, jumping, just trying not to cycle back around. Like if you fall, you just, you know, you're, you're, you're going to cycle back, but you know, there's a very specific thing that you need to do with the world twisted 90 degrees. And you're going to be twisting the gravity 90 degrees another couple of times. And you're going yes. to be doing this like inside of a house. Yes. To like, and it's really cool. Like, you know, some inception shit, like yeah. walking around the ceiling, trying to get to one specific Island. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get, and it's really sad. It's like very fun to fall past an island you need to land on, um, yeah. you know, an accident. It just looks really neat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, eventually, you know, you get to this house. Uh, you're trying to get into this like garage, mm-hmm. ultimately, um, and this is implied to be, you know, your house. Yeah, you know, you're like, how could, how can I, how could I be here? Yeah, painful memories. Painful memories. Uh, um, and I, I didn't you... get this message in the cellar. I didn't did not get that. Yeah, I tried going down there. I was like, okay, I'll open this up, and it says can't go down there. Too many frogs. Yeah. So know. some goofs. I, I do yeah. not know what that is referencing. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Basement's frogged. <laughs> like... Yeah, free basement, basement is frogged. Yeah. Oh. Um. But there's a passageway that you have to go down that leads you into a lab. Um, and this is like the back half of the level, but again, you've just yeah. segued from farmhouse into basically another retelling of the Escher lab, uh, well, where it, you are. The implication I think is it's the same lab. Yeah. Like we're going to end up in some specific level parts of the lab. Like this mm-hmm. is at least connected to the actual lab. Yeah. This is when you, the actual levels you've been in start getting remixed and broken. Yeah. Kind of in ways like the old hunters mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Old hunters is a, is a good comparison. I, I guess when I like, I, I was raising it as like, Hey, this doesn't make any sense in like an arch and leading way that like, Hey, isn't it cool how they're doing oh, this? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was just pointing out that I think this is actually the Asher labs. Oh yeah. Like it's not a, uh, another lab. I think right. we are now starting to, have our brains yeah. broken yeah but now that gravity is working differently like escher labs can actually act like an like an, an, an escher thing yes <laughs> uh, you can swap gravity to to move around in different ways uh, yeah. they do uh you know in in just terms of scary things that never fire uh-huh. um there are tons of windigos and glass like resident evil tanks yep and it never happens <laughs> yeah. uh but the entire time it was on screen yeah like i thought it would mm-hmm. yeah um after you kind of make your way to the exit of this you know mostly fighting lots of scientists and again some of those bone falls um we get to mission eight as above so below yeah um and you start out uh you're outside the iron, iron cathedral at the beginning of the episode yep <laughs> yep um and he laughs at you because he uh-huh. knows it's silly you have all your weapons and stuff yeah and when you go in it's different it's not the same iron cathedral it, there's all these pits you know and the it's broken open and you can just kind of fall mm-hmm. for a while yeah um and kind of move through the different biomes that we've done mm-hmm yeah, so I, you know, it's very hard to describe what goes on here. You know, like the play is still, you know, you're still you know, going in and out of corridors. Uh, you know, like there are houses where enemies can shoot at you from outside. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get out there like, yeah. Uh, and you reach like this, you know, dark hallway that says, trust your eyes, but you can't turn on your flashlight here. Yeah. Um, you get out to this strange room, like you just pass through a hallway. All of a sudden, you're very small. And so are the enemies and the world <laughs> geometry is gigantic. And just the power that is drawing you in is fucking with you. It just is so small, so powerless as you're fighting, yeah. as you're, you're fighting little enemies in a gigantic world. There's, um, there's a secret, there's a wall over there that you can open up and there's a little tiny version of the, uh, chainsaw guy. Yep. <laughs> and I can't remember his name. Little neck. Yeah. Little, little neck. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't have any like really additional powers. He's just smaller. Yeah. And it has a health bar. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you you kill a man just says so cute. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and just like, and like when you get back to like regular size, you eventually start running into tiny model versions of levels that you've seen before. Yeah. 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 Just really like really inventive shit. You play with scale. <laughs> yeah. Play with scale, especially if you're doing cosmic horror. Uh huh. You know, um, you get to the, uh, you go to that blade spinning hallway again that we saw at the, in episode one. Yeah. At the end, there's a teleporter this time and it teleports you to the back of this mission. So back to the beginning of the iron cathedral, <laughs> the voice laughs, like you just have to start over, but now we have the yellow key. Right. Um, so we can go down and use that yellow key and it brings us back to the cellar where the game started. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the meat hooks we were hung on yeah. and behind us where we were, it says complete the circle. Yeah. So you have to use the meat hooks to end the level. Yeah. Great. Mm. super good um next level is not as like this is so this to me feels like the main games um nod towards there's an endless mode of this oh yeah as well as in the menu we didn't talk about we talked didn't talk about multiplayer really but we talked mentioned it there's also an endless mode Mm. which is what this kind of feels like a little bit to me a little bit yeah yeah um you're starting there's a there's a cool secret Mm -hmm. yeah Um, you 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 sent me this i didn't end up using it but i like i like that this is here if you want, so you start off in this kind of psychedelic treescape with these like beautiful, you know, uh, lightning trees almost. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just turn around and leave, you can jump from platform to platform. It says the coward's way out and you can just end the level, <laughs> yeah. um, which if you're hunting achievements, this is a good way to get the pacifist and the speed run mm-hmm. achievements. Um, but if you go forward, we're sent into this like gigantic treescape full of ammo and pickups and jump pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we fall, we just we loop. Mm-hmm. So falling isn't a problem. And they release just wave after wave of like enemy mix ups. Yes. At us. Every They're, enemy gets gets an airing here. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because like it, it starts out kind of where you're at right now, and then it like cycles back cycles back to the beginning and then back. It's done in the same order every time. And there are particular waves that are like breathers. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah. you know, <laughs> like the, the and just twelve minutes of sustained combat. Uh, yeah. like there's no real break, like toward the end of a, toward the end of a wave, like, you know, things will dwindle down as you have like one or two and, things left to kill before the next one starts up. But, and some power-ups will replenish. Yes. But it's not like you get full ammo every time. Yeah. yeah like it happens a couple of times during the, uh, the waves yeah. and some of the, the mix-ups are pretty clever. Yeah. Like this is the, uh, if you don't go to the radicomes, this is the first time you're going to see like, what if you fought 40 rats? Yep. <laughs> You know, and just jumping on the uh, the the jump pad, mm-hmm. shooting mortars down on them is fun. Yeah, um, a way to buy yourself some time is to jump off the edge of the level and yes. cycle back through and like land in a more advantageous place. Yep. Yeah. Um, and while that's happening, enemies might hit each other, mm-hmm. which uh, starts which a them. gigantic yeah. cascade of them dealing with each other. That's the yeah. that, like that is the only way that I finish this. Yeah, you it's know, hard. I, I knew that there was you know you told you told me about the way out um you know how to skip it but i was like no i'm actually i'm gonna like i'm gonna take an hour and figure this out because this feels possible it's fun yeah uh, it just you know like it's it's just a, an occasion you have to rise to yeah it is it is it is to me this is the biggest challenge of the game this yeah. is harder than the unbosses yeah um and it is uh it's really there for you like this is the pure combat yeah you know experience of this like Hey, how do you fight these enemies? What weapons do you use? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with these mix-ups? Yeah. Like, like, and, and just you know, like noticing, segueing from one to the other in a wide open space, like feeling, saying like, oh, like I need to, like, I, I didn't realize this. This just, this just lived in my hands. I need to move differently when I'm dealing yeah. with this particular enemy. 
um, yes. and watching those different movement patterns that were being demanded of me be put into um, conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very good. Just were like, no, like <laughs> avoiding one enemy puts me like makes me vulnerable to this other one that they can only mash up with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, after you beat it, um, we get, or there's a boss to this as well. Yeah. There's the, the watchers of the gate, which is the guardian, uh, who we fought at the end of episode two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh two and of then, the blood horses or whatever. Yep. Two of the blood horses. Um, and yeah, that's really tricky as well. It's but, a lot. <laughs> I'll yeah. admit I did a quick save at the beginning of the, when they, when they appeared and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going through all those waves again, dudes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And this introduces us to uh, the final mission of the game, uh, mission 10 dusk. Mm-hmm. Um, we start off with a little breather. You know, again, this game is not afraid of quiet time. Right. Um, you uh, are in this little wooded area without enemies where you get some power ups, but mostly you're picking up these crystals of madness yep. and dropping them into color coded jars. Right. You know, buckets. Yeah. Um, and that's really just a way to activate the portal to go through into the boss arena where we meet the cult leader. Mm-hmm. We meet Lucas. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Lucas, I think this is an interesting boss. He taunts you a little bit. Uh-huh. And then you fight the protagonist of a 2.5 D shooter. Yep. You fight you. He bunny hops. Yep. He switches, he switches weapons instantaneously. Yep. This is really hard, Gary. How would you, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's what, uh, what a nightmare the protagonist of one of these games would be <laughs> as, as a boss. Yeah. Like, I think this is hard. I don't think it's as hard as the gauntlet in the last level. No, no. You it's just, a... you run. Like, you <laughs> run and you leave lots of traps. Like, lots of mortar shells and just get your timing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And um, I just, so, you know, I, I found myself running out of ammo. Like, it was like, no, you like, you like you, you come in fully loaded out. You pick up a backpack. Like, you've got to figure out how to make every shot count. It's weirdly like a dogfight, almost. Yeah. Like, you yeah, end up making, you, like, passes. Yeah, you have to, like, find yourself, like, kind of, like, in his lane. You have to, like, match speed with him, almost. And, like, match your uh, your jumping rhythm with his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like this quite a bit. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It, it's, just, it's just clever mm-hmm. as well. You know, like, Doom, you never really had Doom guy versus Doom guy. Right. But when you actually look at Doom Guy's powers, it's like more than the powers than the Avengers have. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. incredible. Yeah. You know, um, after you get his health down enough, um, you get a message that he is not the cultists are going unworthy, unworthy. Mm-hmm. All these cultists come in and kill him for you. Yeah. And he's screaming, no, no, I, I recruited you. How can you turn on me? Yep. <laughs> um, and this this voice that's kind of been tempting you the whole time. You start going up these uh, stairs mm-hmm. towards this angelic light uh, and the voice starts talking to you. Yeah. Um, you know, he says like, Hey, you know what? He actually was worthy. Yeah. But I think I like you better. And then you drop. What are you expecting? <laughs> God, Satan? You know, no, of course it's not. It always, you know, of course you had to know it was me. Uh huh. And then it's Nyarlathotep. <laughs> yep. You just, uh, as you are, as you are approaching the big heavenly door at the top of the staircase, you drop and you fall into a gigantic underground cavern where I don't know if you heard Gary when he said that. Nyarlathotep. Nyarlathotep. Hey, buddy. So just making the same monster in my podcast crossover on accident. <laughs> um, I did not know that going into this game. Yeah. You know, at all. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, you know, is this a meaningful addition to the Nyarlathotep canon? No. Nah. Probably not. But it's just a little <laughs> bit of fan service. And if you have to have a big evil eldritch god mm-hmm. that a cult is worshiping. Yeah. That can fuck with space and do all this stuff. Might sure. well. Yep. Make your story Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. Throw it in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's not a great yep. fight. 
if I'm being honest, <laughs> it's real boss fighty. Yeah. Like it's real, like it's not Zen. Mm-hmm. It's real boss fighty though. Yeah. So his attacks, um, it's, it's a little bit hard to tell what he's going to do. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Like, I, I think it, it's really hard to avoid attacks in this, which is not something that's true of most of the game. Right. So there are two platforms, uh, with, um, you know, the springboards on them. Uh, you know, left and right, and he has two major attacks. They'll either do like a vertical attack, which will hit one of the platforms or the other, or a um, um, horizontal attack, like a sweep. And you need to use the spring pad to get over to get over those. Yeah. Uh, for me, this battle was just entirely about rushing through um, and doing enough damage to him because I just I was not able to avoid attacks intentionally. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You can drop down the lava temporarily yeah, and take less damage than his hits and then get back up. Yeah. And then there are power ups down there too. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a secret yeah. um, to do so. The, um, the gimmick to him is he can't take damage normally. He has behind him in the kind of void, there are cracks in the void. Yeah. And if you shoot them, sunlight comes through and then he is damageable for a time, mm-hmm. which is just so yeah. boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Like that's so, so video gamey. Yeah. You know, in a way that's like mildly disappointing, it doesn't matter. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, one little tiny like touch that is suboptimal is not ruining this for me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it is suboptimal. Yeah. So uh, that thing. When you kill him, though, I like that you can't actually kill him. No. But, like, the other thing, too, is like the cracks also are kind of hidden behind him. Mm-hmm. You have to start jumping uh, using the pads to find the cracks to shoot. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I love that he gets down to one health and says, OK, cool. Yeah. Well, this is all- his ball and goes home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it, like it, it is very Lovecraftian. There was no way to win. Like yeah, you were, you were, were always beat. fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like you were not going to beat Nyarl off the top. No, he stops yeah. everything and says, all right, uh, I don't care what you want. You have proven yourself worthy. You can have my power and you will remain here as the guardian of dusk until I need you again for one shall always reign beneath dusk. Yeah. And he says something like, you know, you know, you can feel my power horrible, isn't it? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that sense of like, yeah, this probably really sucks. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you get the, uh, the, you get a view of your character, Mm -hmm. um, big dude sickles in your hands. Yeah. Big beard. (laughs) And, uh, after the credits, Nyarlathotep says, uh, pray you never meet me in my thousand other forms, which is both uh, random, not, but also a plug for sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause they, they have said also in interviews, they're like, yeah, as long as we have ideas, like, you know, we, we do episode four or five, six, no. you know, whatever, like if we still have ideas, we'll keep doing this. Cause it's cool. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's and cool. I feel when I'm in, in favor. Yeah. Do it more. It's good. Or <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite games from last year, mm-hmm. uh, pretty easily, you know, if not a fave, um, is just, uh, Really, really fun and satisfying. You do the whole thing in 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Get this like awesome little blast of action and atmosphere and spooks. Yeah. Cool concepts and fun levels. Yeah. In a real nice like bite size chunk. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't have an awful lot like new to say in the sum up here, but I'll just go back to when I said, you know, talking in the generalities, like everything about this demonstrates just a real understanding of what makes yes. this kind of game fun. And it is really great, again, to trust the, the developer kind of implicitly. Yeah. Like just I feel taken care of when I'm in this. And that is always, 
you know that 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 trust is always a little bit stoked it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit uh you know the 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 the, the bellows are blown on it um <clears throat> by every little like gameplay joke that is put in by a unique level concept that happens and they always keep happening up until the very end you know and not just playing with my own particular you know horror hobby horses you know like the, the particular ideas or concepts that i'm a mark for but just you know having incredibly good play and expressing all of these ideas through that um mm. yeah it, it's i i think that this is a game that people have to play yeah yep agreed like it's just it's it's the caveats are so few and far between like yeah. if you just don't like i i hate playing shooters mm -hmm. i do not want to play a fast base shooter but the thing that this does that i think is different than so we we've gone through a couple different revivals yeah of this right like people realize like hey the reason why doom was a worldwide phenomenon was because it was really good yeah like this was not just you know a pet rock yeah like doom is a great video game mm -hmm. um and then we you know we had the uh the <clears throat> things that came after there were also you know blood is really good yeah Doom with 3d really good then we had um our kind of like the first wave of people who realized those were good yeah your serious sams your painkillers pain yeah and neither of those games have good levels right like serious sam is kind of fun painkiller is kind of fun painkiller is almost all arena combat yeah in like churches and stuff and yeah. i think that this new wave, um, you know, like a medieval, this game, even like Ion Fury, which I'm not going to play because it's made by transphobes. Right. But like those games are like, hey, actually, one of the things that was special about these games was not just the fact that it was fast. Right. You know, it was the fact that these levels mm -hmm. were really, really fun to explore. Yeah. Like realizing that the first level of Duke Nukem 3D, when you are blasting a hole with a rocket launcher through the screen at the movie theater <laughs> to find secrets behind it is a pure unit of video game. Yeah. Like finding those secrets is, is one of the building blocks in which video games are made and mm -hmm. marrying those two things like that absolutely fast kinesthetic action of like doom 2016 mm -hmm. or other revivals of this type of play with that level design. Yeah. That kind of intricacy of level design is just like, it's the sweet spot, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it, feels it, good. It, it is, you know, it is an ideal marriage of a lot of things that I look for in games, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, like I just we, we, we kind of glossed over a lot of the story details because a lot of it feels um, laid out. But like there's a really good little horror story told here like, yeah. from front to back. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just uh, um, there, there's, there's there's just a lot to chew on. You know, you know yeah. a lot of different flavors, a lot of different parts on this beast that you can just get your get, get your teeth around and start gnawing on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. You know, if you have any affection for this genre, I think you owe it to yourself to try it. Yeah. Um, and I will watch games this guy makes for the rest of his career. Yep. You know, I'm not like he might lose me at some point, but mm -hmm. like that, just that kind of understanding, yeah. you know, that he's exhibiting of like the base level intuitive part of these, these genres is just feels really good. Yeah. So, um, thanks for joining us for the first new watch out for fireballs of 2020. Mm -hmm. Starting out with a, with a nice big, uh, dose of positivity. Oh, this, yeah. This month. Yeah. So yeah. And That's... this, uh, this quarter is all like pretty good stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's exciting shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there, there's no, there, there's no stinker this month. I don't think there's a stinker next month. So. No. Yeah. We got, we got no stinkers. We got some stuff that is like, you know, we are interesting unknowns, mm -hmm. you know, that we're at least interested in. And we yeah. have some stuff that is like, this is good. It's me. Like the, it's worst crime is it's not my <laughs> it's, it's favorite not, genre. Right. Like it's a great example of a genre I don't love. Yeah. 
you know, nothing wrong with that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a good first, like third of the year actually. Yeah. Um, so if you want to suggest or, uh, patronize, you know, support a game, produce a game, mm-hmm. uh, you can do so at our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash duck feed TV, yep. um, you'll see, you know, we have a lot of patron picks this first uh, quarter Yeah. and, uh, excited about them because they're really good picks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can do that. Uh, if you have thoughts about, uh, any of our games for January. So, um, you know, ideas about hidden gems that you want to say, um, thoughts about dusk thoughts about the cat lady, which we're talking about next mm-hmm. week, which I'm very excited about. Um, mm-hmm. or about our premium game for this month, um, shadow run dragon fall. Uh, yes. the deadline for that is, um, January the 15th. Uh, so go to Patreon, or go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash contact and write in with those. If you have thoughts about multiple games, please separate them into multiple responses. I know it's more work for you to do that, but it makes things easier for us to, you know, include. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mark your calendars. We're going to be at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Yes. This year. Uh, we're tabling. We're going to doing a meetup. We are not currently doing a panel. We are mm-hmm. instead teaming up with Retronauts. Yes. To do a panel, uh, there talking yeah. about, uh, celebrity appearances in games. Yeah. Looking forward to that. With those fellas. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. So, uh, Bob always does a great job of doing a video mm-hmm. portion of that. So if you're able to come, definitely come see it. The audio is also fun, mm-hmm. but we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Uh, teaming up with those guys. Yeah. Um, ratings, reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have come out in force with yeah. that because we got some bad actors being jerks. <laughs> right. uh, appreciate you balancing the scales. Yeah, um, and also uh, our YouTube channel. It's always it's, oh, it's, yeah. po- it's popping off recently. You can go to uh, mm-hmm. YouTube.com/slash TuckFeedTV. Not just uh, mm-hmm. archives of my streams and original videos I'm doing for Hexrank, but also Gary has a uh, playthrough of Darkest Dungeon going. Yes, up. yeah. I have started. Uh, you know the game that I. I can't justify doing for the show unless you just happen to fall into it because it doesn't fit into, you know, it would take more than 20 hours of prep. Right. I just need you to, you know, uh, Stardew Valley it. Yep. It just has to become a Stardew Valley for you. And then Mm -hmm. we can do it for the show until then though. I'm going to push it on all channels because it's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's funny because it's like last year, you know, Resident Evil 2, Divinity, Original Sin 2. Like there's so many games I really loved. Uh Uh-huh. The one that I am still playing, like Slay the Spire, I fucking love Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. The game I am still playing is is Darkest Dungeon. I play it every day. Darkest Dungeon with the, with the most recent expansion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, that is having such a long tail. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've always liked that game. I had, like, 40 hours in it over multiple attempts before this. Mm-hmm. And now I am, like, well pushing the, you know, 150, 200 hour point with it. Fuck. It's becoming one of those. For fuck's sake, man. Yeah. I'll play Darkest Dungeon while watching The Witch and The Lighthouse at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, while nutting and while nutting in space backwards space. thank you thank yeah. you tying it all together so I need, yeah uh, ash ice cream do it thank <laughs> you. um anywho uh, we'll see you next week with cat lady yep <clears throat> uh until next time what should they watch out for watch out for ice loads in space <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> watch watch out for interplanetary paternity suits <laughs>